2: Welcome to another episode of Best Show Best's The Greatest Hits of The Best Show with me, your host, Tom Sharpling. If you like what you hear, make sure you join us every Tuesday night on Twitch at 6pm Pacific for a brand new episode of The Best Show featuring callers, celebrity guests, live music, and plenty of surprises. Enjoy! Mike? I'm being told uh, uh, my guest is here? Okay. Sure, bring him in. It's like the show behind the show—it's all theater, guys. No, he's already in here. Don't do. It. You're such a bad actor. You'll—you'll you'll ruin it. You got to hear this. If he was doing the acting, pretending he was bringing you in, Paul Rudd, you would have—you would have turned tail and walked out of here. How are you tonight?
3: I'm great, man.
2: Thank you for coming down. It's so exciting.
3: Tom, I'm so ex—I am so excited to be here. Uh, it's the first time I've been here.
2: It is. You, you, uh, you, 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 uh, the the WFMU studio. You, you had never made it down, but nope. you're here. At the this is the right place at the right time.
3: Lo- what is what is that? You say listener, long time listener, first time visitor. Well, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what say.
2: yeah. That's usually the scariest thing that somebody working in radio could ever hear. <laughs> Long time listener, first time visitor. Like, no, you're just supposed to call me. I'm not supposed to. I just see. showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, please. It's scary, though.
3: You know, I was sitting here listening to, you know, I was listening to this show mm-hmm. and you were talking about Liam Neeson mm-hmm. hosting The Tonight Show. Uh huh. And. and it really is true that that was a much more common thing back in the day. And I think it would be fun if people did it more now. I think we've gotten out of it.
2: It's so regimented now with yeah. these things where you just know... Like, the idea of people getting bumped is like a foreign concept now. Yeah. Because right? it used to be these talk shows, it would be just like, yeah, it's going well, just keep them, keep, just keep them out there. Yeah, It's crazy. Let him just go for another segment. And then just some comedian is backstage finding out just uh well uh don't know how to tell you this. It's uh Cliff you know. Robertson went long. <laughs> Cliff Robertson, yeah. Cliff Robertson uh he caught fire at the on that <laughs> and, <laughs> and the tonight show was ninety minutes long. Yeah. Which is amazing to think. Now so look, it is perfectly easy now in 2015 to be like Johnny Carson was the king of show business, the master of the mo- of the talk show. Mm-hmm. I defy anybody. Just go if you went to the Paley Center and you picked August 19th, yeah, <laughs> 1978, you'd be like, "Oh my god, really? This is the this most is boring thing this I've ever seen." As
3: you watch that, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we tend to look at them with rose colored, uh, lenses. I remember one time watching when he had a guest host, uh, the guest host was, uh, Tony Danza and he (laughs) was interviewing Jerry Cooney, the, uh, (laughs) the fighter. Uh huh. And, um, I I remember watching this show because I was away for a, uh, like a speech tournament. Okay. Uh, And, uh, I was, I was watching the show with a kid that I was in, I was in high school and the Mm -hmm. kid said, uh, that I was watching the show with said, if you could somehow take the intelligence in this interview uh-huh. and harness it, you might be able to toast some bread,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: which I thought was a, oh, a, a
2: yeah. pretty good joke for a high school. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: it, it's also uh, accurate, accurate and weirdly uh, energy, energy forward. Thinking <laughs> that that's just like utilizing... The brain power of Tony Danza mm-hmm. and Jerry, Not to look, Tony Danza. The Bible right seems like a smart decent guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. Everybody loves Tony Danza.
3: And you know that's that's a tough gig. You're coming in and you're interviewing somebody, and you're interviewing Jerry Cooney, who I imagine is probably yeah. a pretty nice guy too. Yeah. But
2: look, the reason I'm look if I knew, I'm saying this because Tony Danza, long time listener, in New York, and it's just like no time visitor. There's a good chance somebody would be like. Hey, Tony, they're talking about you right. radio. yes. Next thing, he's in a car. Coming next thing. I'll show you bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll toast your face. Yeah. He, I'll he, stomp you. So he would have. Yeah, and so Tony, but what's that call like when all of a sudden, Tony, it's like the call comes in. Hey, Tony, you interested in uh, doing the Tonight Show for a week? Yeah, I'll do it. Of course. By the way, Tony Danza does everything.
3: Well, yeah, now he. Uh, it's a song and dance, man.
2: Yeah, he's like an old fashioned yeah. showbiz dude. It's great. Yeah. That's a, there's, there's not many of those guys. No, there's Tony Danza, Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is totally one of those guys where he can go from like Wolverine to, to Peter Str- Allen to Peter. That is like, how many people do you think saw, saw? Boy from Oz. Like, how many, like, X-Men super fanatics. What's the crossover (laughs) in that Venn diagram? Of just, like, it's Hugh Jackman. Wolverine. He's in the theater. I got to get tickets. He's playing Peter (laughs) Allen. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I don't know what it is. All I know, he's in that thing from the beginning to the end. I got to see it. And then then it's just like Huh Oh Oh boy, I don't know what I'm seeing here. And then yeah, that would I would love to see if that theater had like Yeah, like Dear what? Schubert Theater. <laughs> I would like to lodge a complaint. I
3: attended the show the the <laughs> Matt Hay performance of Boy From Oz. But what would be that crossover the guys that went there? Mm-hmm as Wolverine fanatics saw boy from Oz mm-hmm. walked out and said, that guy can do anything.
2: Yeah. But that guy can do anything. He can do anything. He really can. Yeah. Like he, he's like one of those classic, like, like you have to be, it's like, what would you call it? It's like, like in baseball, it would be you're a five, pl- tool a five player. tool, a five tool player. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Like to be able to, cause the trick to me with that is, to be able to be yourself mm-hmm. in a situation which is the fakest situation ever where you're yeah. saying, like, hey, it's me, Hugh Jackman, and I'm up here doing this. It's like, you're not Hugh Jackman when you're up there no. doing those Like, when you have to do those things, Paul Rudd, when you go and, like, like you have to, on an award show and you have to, like, be you. Yeah, I can't. But it's not, you have to assume a version of yourself. Is right. that what that's like? I guess.
3: I just, I just trying not to i just try and read the prompter that's all i, I mean i'm so uh-huh. nervous that i can't you know I'm, also my mm-hmm. vision's kind of crummy um yeah but you're playing a role essentially yeah. you're not yourself when you're in front of people anyway yeah you know unless maybe you're a comedian or something mm-hmm. yeah that's uh ju- uh timberlake is another guy i think that who, falls into that category who can do that do it all yeah yeah not mm-hmm. justin timberlake
2: uh the Mike Timberlake. The, Mike Timberlake. Others oh. oh, who say the producer Timberlake. Timberlake. Timberland. Tim, Timberland. He's Timberland. He's no, he's, he's,
3: I think it might be Timberland. Timberland, Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Likes, uh, he likes the shoes so much. He, I want to be called that forever. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? You talk about that version of being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when Donald Trump does, like when he'll be reading off of a teleprompter, he's, um, He'll, he'll be... Insane. Sane, insane. But he does this thing where he goes... Because <clears throat> what he's reading is supposed to be coming from him. But he'll do this thing where he... Is maybe, like, strangely dumb enough. Like, too, like not <laughs> smart enough to realize and commit to. He'll go, like... Like, children are the future. And that is who we should... Help out. That's true. Like, he'll, like he'll, he'll and, comment yeah,
3: on... on the thing. Like, he's discovering it as he's saying it. Yeah. Like, as he,
2: he he's endorsing the thing that's supposed to come from his mouth. It's like, right. no, you didn't need to step outside of that stupid yeah. and just now become, like... Oh, so you're, um, you're endorsing that so, statement. So you're agreeing with yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of times... I think about cities, and New York City is the greatest city ever. That's true. I I agree with that. Oh. (laughs) And I guess he's, uh... Did he announce he's running for president? I saw that he announced that he's running for
3: president today. Right? Was it today that he did it?
2: I guess so. That will be... Like, that can't... Like, like, he can't go to, like, a diner and eat pie and stuff. Like, what's he do? Does he just assume, like, look, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm not like, I'm not meeting but, any of these animals. What do you suppose is the
3: thinking behind it? What's the reason? Is it just ego? Is it just because, is it amusing to him? If it's amusing to him, uh-huh. that's actually kind of funny, right?
2: If he was doing some sort of like... Performance art. Yeah, yeah. like the like magic Christian thing where he's just going to use all his money and start manipulating <laughs> America into this weird
3: version of I, itself. I kind of don't think that's what it is. No, I don't it's, think so. it's It's... it's
2: it's delusional. Yeah. He actually thinks he, uh, is going to like be president. But then I went to Atlantic city last weekend and there's just, there's the casino that used to say Trump on it. And you just see the silhouette of where it used to be because it's empty now. It's just like the giant logo. That said Trump is like it's shaped like it was before, but it's just the stain of it now, Ugh. the weather worn <laughs> stain oh Atlantic City's spooky now, so spooky it's like now, well, <laughs> because talking? at one point, at least all of the casinos were in business they were I, now I, I, it's true. what is it how many are there now? um, like one I think four went out, Mike. I haven't been there in years. Yeah, well, like I said, a bunch of them are out now. That's mm. come on, Mike. Step it. You got to step it up. The yeah, Revel. There was one that. There's this one that opened like three years ago. As high in the sky as you can believe, with a giant golf ball on the on the roof, and it was in business, and it w- it went out in like. Under two years, and it's... So New Jersey now might have... Like, there's Revel, and then there's, like, Xanadu. Have you ever passed Xanadu on the... No. Oh, well, do you know what Xanadu is? Uh, no, no, I mean, I... I, Imagine... No, the film. Well, imagine (laughs) that that film (laughs) turned into... If the, if, if that Xanadu is to film, what the Xanadu I'm about to tell you is to uh dev- real estate development, it, there is this thing out in the Meadowlands where they were just like, we have the, the, what, Giant Stadium or whatever it's called now. Mm-hmm. We've got the racetrack. There's the, <clears throat> the Meadow the Brendan Burr, what is it? Whatever it's called now. No, but no teams are there anymore. But then they're like, we're going to build the ultimate entertainment, uh, this fantasy. It's going to have a ski slope inside of it. Mm-hmm. And they built it and it's just empty. They oh. like it stopped halfway through. It's enormous and it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. It's got like weird. Checkered patterns and stuff. I'm gonna find is, you a picture. There's no consistency, consistency, consistency to it. There is no consistency to Xanadu. Is
3: there skiing and is there water? It's like a water slide kind of thing. And
2: it was supposed to have lots
3: of different things. It was gonna have Bump, everything. Like you could
2: just name anything. It would be like, yeah, they were gonna have that there. Go karts. Imagine if you saw that. I mean, that's like, oh. look at the pattern, the color scheme and the patterns. There's too much going on. And it's enormous. That does not give you any idea of how big it is. This can give you an idea of how big it is. Look, look at how big oh, that, that is. is. It's, it really is like Xanadu. And now, like, uh, Chris Christie will not, uh, he won't revive it, I guess. And they're just gonna, this thing's it's gonna, just gonna, just gonna die going to an atrophy and- at some point it starts falling apart mm-hmm. and then it's you kind of can't do anything with it and this is just going to be left right outside it just in case anybody it's almost like it exists where it's like hey you know when people leave newark airport and go to the holland tunnel they see all those garbage smoke stacks and all yes. that stuff it's like is there any concern that there's not enough trash if they're going through the Lincoln Tunnel or the George Washington Bridge? We need a giant pile of trash for those people. (laughs) Like, what if they don't... If they just get off at exit 14, they're not gonna... But those people will see all the trash. The people who stay on it, they might just think there's nice things here. So what if we spend billions of dollars and then let this thing... Just start falling apart, crumble. <laughs> it's so
1: <laughs>
3: weird, like like homes in Ireland that are made of stone, and a and a you just see the shell of a ski slope, <laughs> and a rusted out bumper car.
2: I had an idea for Revel, this casino, that the way they could make money would be just in, like install cameras everywhere. like like we're gonna put, and I think they could do it for this. This would be the ultimate version of it. Install, like, 80,000 cameras throughout the thing. Get some sort of video center where they can kind of process the footage. And then you just unlock the doors. And then you're like, Hey, uh, if you want to watch the best of whatever goes on in Xanadu, it's a $10 a day subscription. We will give you... The best edited footage from whatever anyone who goes into that place starts doing, and it would be—I would do that. Yeah. I, who wouldn't want to see what would just go down in? Yeah. In this yeah. abandoned ski slope, in an abandoned indoor ski slope. <laughs> now, Paul yeah. Rudd, yeah. you. I've had an exciting uh, 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 year plus. Yeah, I have. You, you you've done comedy and and drama and all sorts of things. But now you are a superhero. About to be, yeah. About to be for the movie Ant-Man which comes out in July. That's right. July 17th. Yeah. It's, uh, it's,
3: and it, it's strange to think that it's, what is that? About five weeks away. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing commercials for it now. Yeah. It's, uh, crazy?
2: it's, it's pretty crazy because it's like you, how long were you on board the Ant-Man, the, uh, Train, the Ant Man train. The Ant. The Ant train. <laughs> yeah, the Ant
3: train. Um, I mean, a, a while, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see it all kind of, you know, come to fruition. Yeah, and, and it's nearly edited now, and effects are in, and yeah, it's uh, it's. It's been, it's, it's also, it's been an interesting thing too, because I also just went and worked a little bit on Captain America three. So to kind of be in that Marvel world, Mm -hmm. but, but kind of be somewhat in a bubble. Okay. Uh, and then now to have kind of had these experiences where I'm, you know, standing opposite like Captain America. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's a surreal. It's been a surreal ride mm-hmm. thus far, and it's really only just kind of starting. So
2: yeah, it's crazy because yeah. suddenly you're like, you're out on an island doing your thing, right? And now you, as a sidebar, you are a proud. Uh You probably are an Atlanta resident, right? And are you up in New York for a quick visit? Is that's that what I've relocated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I live in Peachtree City because that's a that's a industry uh <laughs> gag. You know, you're industry uh, because you live and breathe it, Tom. How many movies have you shot in Atlanta? Oh, I think about six. Six movies, five or six, yeah. Because now they are. Like they they're they're trying to bring productions down there, and the range. entire state is
3: offered a tax rebate, mm-hmm. and so a lot of productions are moving there, shooting there.
2: Yeah, so you just end up. You did Anchorman Two in Anchor, Atlanta. Anchorman Two was there. Wanderlust was there. Okay. Um,
3: I mean several, a uh, few other things. Uh, but you know, it mm-hmm. they Pinewood Studios, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know the in. London they have mm-hmm. these sound stages they actually built an entire studio down there, so we shot ant man was the very first movie that shot there and uh it was pretty great
2: actually I, yeah i loved it it's uh it's a it's a crazy uh look i'm not going to say anything i i w- went by and saw was, am I going to get booted off am I going to be allowed in the theater now or something <laughs> the the um and it was insane yeah. to see the scope of that thing. Yeah. Like when you and see it.
3: And it's actually grown since you've seen it. They're, they're,
2: they're building more sound stages. So what was that like when you first put the, the, the outfit on the suit? Cause suddenly you crawl. it's like you, you're in then. Yeah. Suddenly you're like, well, it, there's a thing that just kind of
3: happens where when you put on a superhero suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of whatever you feel about superheroes, you feel, um, kind of cool and weird. It's different. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm wearing, I look like I'm yeah. a guy pretending <laughs> to be a superhero. I'm a, I'm an adult uh-huh. and I have on <laughs> plastic <laughs> pants. Yeah. And then, yeah, but it's pretty cool. I did get, you know, I, it I turned into a 10 year old a little bit.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
3: it was, and it's also a really cool suit. Like that was another thing that was kind of great. I was mm-hmm. I was uh pretty stoked at the way the suit looked and it was uh had this kind of vintage look to it cuz it made sense just story-wise. Yeah. Like the helmet like- reminded me a little bit of um kind of the surgeon droid in the Star Wars in like Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Strikes back. Yeah. Uh mixed with a stormtrooper. Like I remember when I was a kid I I thought the stormtrooper helmets just looked really awesome mm-hmm. and i had that same kind of feeling with the ant-man helmet because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's uh
2: yeah it's like a little weathered too yeah there's scratches on it it's seen some action yeah yeah now you were on because because uh uh i guess you were on when when uh edgar wright was going to direct it mm-hmm. and then whatever shift happens there with things and then peyton reed who we are both are friends with slid into the chair. That's right. Which was, uh, for me, that was the most awesome thing imaginable because I've known him for 20 something years, I guess at this point. And I literally cannot think of anybody who was more put on earth to do a, to direct a superhero, a Marvel movie than Peyton. I
3: know we really, uh, we really lucked out. Um, because as you know, yeah, Edgar was the guy who, uh, wrote it and was going to direct it. And then, and then he and Marvel kind of went separate ways. And, and, uh, I'm so thrilled that Peyton was available and and wanted to do it. And, you know, I, uh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like without him. He, he really, he really, uh, made the movie his own and, Uh, and was awesome. Mm -hmm. And as a fan, I mean, like, you know, he knew the material. He grew up reading comics
2: and, uh, and uh, yeah, we really, we lucked out. Yeah. I mean, he was at like, you know, Comic-Con in San Diego is usually this thing where people have to go like at some sort of gun gun gunpoint If they were in the movie, it's like, They get brought in, and it's—I guess—I'm sure it's super exciting. You go, and people are super excited to see you there. But Peyton had been to twenty consecutive Comic Cons as a customer. Yeah, he was—he was sitting on a stage
3: this time, as opposed to yeah, row yeah, W (laughs) W W yeah,
2: without him, row Wide web. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's, yeah, so it's just like I can't think of anybody who is more um just um just the perfect person to slide into that. He's so and that uh, that voice of his though, right? Yeah. How about that voice? Yeah. Can you do an impression of him?
3: No, it's got a kind of a a higher pitch. There's a southern, mm-hmm. like a North Carolina, yeah, drawl to it, but um, it's not like. It's not kind of like, it's not Danny McBride kind of North Carolina, but it's, it's, I can't hey. do it. well, right. No, you were almost, yeah, go for yeah. it. I, I, hey,
2: it's Peyton. <laughs>
3: Does that sound like him? Do, <clears throat> do it again.
2: Hey, Paul, it's Peyton. Just wanted hey. to put the Ant-Man suit on.
3: What? That's pretty, that's
2: pretty dead on. Hey, it's Peyton. Hey, it's Peyton. Hey,
3: Tom, it's Peyton.
2: This is just meant to, Torture Peyton. That's just Peyton can also go
3: right into the full on Southern, which he does often.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 I got That's
3: right.
1: Lordy B with the
2: Mustard. It.
3: He it's a foghorn leghorn kind <laughs> of Southern. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Foghorn leghorn would be like, Can you uh click it back a notch there, uh like that's uh well now I say well now I say well now I say action <laughs> Oh so the movie went super fast too though right you guys were just cr- going a million we were, miles an cr- hour We were cruising
3: yeah Yeah well it it was all kind of truncated a bit because you know that we the the start date never really shifted the release date didn't really shift so we were mm-hmm. we started moving but that was kind of a blessing in disguise I think because it just forces everybody to kind of think really creatively. You can't spend too much time pondering certain things and you mm-hmm. kind of go with it. And, and, uh, and there's this kind of fuel and this energy to the entire shoot that actually played, I think, really, uh, in our, in our favor. And, uh, it was also a very chill kind of set because Peyton's a pretty, pretty chill guy. It was yeah. fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm being told that I got to wrap it up. No, no. Thanks for coming by. We got uh, (laughs) a, no, I'm going to go here. That Tony Um, Danz is on the line. Tony Danz is not on the line. Sir, who is on the line right now? Uh,
1: I'm Charlie Morgan. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation.
3: They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows.
4: No,
1: okay. There
2: we go. Bye. Charlie Morgan. Where it all goes down. Got some Ant Man news, you got some 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 Harry Morgan stories. Yeah. What this is like Showbiz Central. It really is. Here. <laughs> it really. It, is. it really is. Yeah. You got a thing of the movie that comes out next month,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: then we got a story from the set of Dragnet sixty eight. It's like we're in the sitting room at Sue Menger's house. who who is who's the first person who you met in 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 your your showbiz adventure who you were truly intimidated by courtney gaines okay from children of the corn okay who um uh, who is courtney Gaines? he played malachi
3: in uh children of the corn it was right when i moved from kansas to uh to California. Mm-hmm. And uh I saw him in a restaurant. And I remembered uh that he was also in the movie Hard Bodies. And uh I remember the infamous scene where he flipped somebody off in forty one oh, different I remember, languages. I remember that. You remember that?
2: Oh, I do remember that scene. So
3: I saw him in real life and uh I buckled.
2: Yeah. So yeah. that was that was the first so That was my that was that was my first big brush with fame. Yeah. What was the first person who you were now suddenly acting against and you're just like or being directed by where you're just like (laughs) even if you're and you literally had to be going (laughs) like full on Costello (laughs) (laughs) Full on (laughs) Lou Costello. (laughs) Like the the Hong Kong fooy. Uh uh,
3: I I well they're uh, P- uh, Paul Newman.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. That,
3: that's a, yeah, that was, that was the biggest, probably the biggest <laughs> Yeah, I I'd ever, and have ever experienced Nicholson a little bit too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few of those guys that I've gotten a little, you know, wheezy over. Yeah. Uh,
2: you told me one time about watching, uh, Paul McCartney like play.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was Every once in a while you find yourself in these uh situations you just can't believe and I was hosting Saturday Night Live I mm-hmm. it was the first time I had ever hosted that show mm-hmm. and Paul McCartney was the musical guest mm-hmm. or maybe it was the second time I might have been the second time I I host I don't remember um and uh and they don't normally do 3 songs mm-hmm. but they were he was trying to figure out what songs he wanted to do and you know when they show those little uh Like they go to commercial and they show the pictures of the host, those like bumper shots. Mm -hmm. Well, all of those shots are taken on Thursday and they are kind of taken in the the afternoon, just next to the stage where the band comes in and then starts doing their sound check. That's when the band starts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was doing those pictures and Paul McCartney was playing kind of his sound check and he played jet and he played, um, uh, Oh gosh, what, like, uh, maybe band on the run? I don't know. Mm -hmm. He was playing, he played a couple of wing songs and then they brought in a piano and he was just trying to figure out what he was going to play. And so he sat down and there weren't that many people there. Mm -hmm. And I was standing just kind of over his shoulder. I hadn't even met him yet or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm standing Mm -hmm. over his shoulder and he just started, um, playing the long and winding road and then let it be. And then he just started playing Beatles songs and, you know, everyone stopped and a few more people started. Walking onto the sounds onto the stage and, yeah. and listening and, and he did a little mini concert. And I was just sitting there watching his hands and his feet on the pedals uh-huh. and thinking, I'm standing five feet from Paul McCartney yeah. playing Beatles songs. And it was incredible.
2: Those are the actual
3: hands. hands. Those are the actual hands. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, those, those are the actual hands that were, you know, like in help. And, uh, and yeah. a hard day's night. Like, yeah. those were the, like at that shake, that concert at Shea Stadium, those yeah. were the same hands. Yeah. Then now they're five feet
2: away from you.
3: I remember I would always think about those things in those terms. When I was in like a freshman in high school, I went to see Lionel Richie in concert. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's like that guy's hand has shaken the hand of Michael Jackson.
2: <laughs> so it was. Always. It, was, it was it was it was always it was about always about hands yeah uh clearly well here's one i've done this one before and i i will continue to do it until the end of time probably kevin love on the yeah cleveland cavaliers and by the way if anybody i don't know what's going on with the basketball uh game tonight if somebody could tell me please um or the world cup or the world cup the, the women's world Cup. I don't, yeah they're both
3: going on who are they playing tonight uh, are they playing, like, are they playing
2: Nigeria or something? Okay. I don't
3: know. I think.
2: I don't know. So they, uh, so yeah, it's a big, uh, somebody, somebody tell me what's up with the, uh, the scores. If only there was a place on the internet you can get no, scores. No, this stuff's hard, this stuff's hard to find. No, what am I going to do? I got to keep this IMDB Char- Charlie Morgan for Charlie Morgan <laughs> Tra- open. It. You mean Charlie Morgan, with all those credits, you're telling me Charlie Morgan has never played for the Cleveland
3: Cavaliers? <laughs> like,
2: he should have just played for, like... The 97 Bulls, also. <laughs> no, like, I yeah, feel okay. like, oh, well, he was in a one a Spielberg movie. <laughs> his only <golden> coach, <laughs> Phil Jackson, was his only coach. Yeah. He, just like, he, was, he was coached by Phil Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he only played, he only played four games, but, uh, yeah, he okay. played with the, uh, <laughs> the team that won 72 games. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Kevin Love, you talk about shaking hands. Mm-hmm. You can say, he shook the hand of someone who shook the hand of Charles Manson. Cause his, fa- his uncle is Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you know, of all the players in the NBA, he's the, the degree of he, separation is lower for Kevin Love than for any player by like, okay, unless you say, yeah, I know Kevin Love. Then you'd be, it'd be like, hey, how far is LeBron James from uh, Charles Manson? Well, Kevin Love. He's one more than Kevin Love, but nobody is tied with Kevin Love. Just the idea that there's a guy in the NBA who can say, yeah, I'm uh, one removed from uh, Manson. Are we sure? Are we
3: positive that Charles Manson doesn't have a son playing in the NBA? That would be... because. If so, he trumps Kevin Love.
2: That would be, yes. That's the only way to do it. If there's like a... Uh, Magic Manson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jared Manson mm-hmm. is playing. Yeah. Small forward for the Utah Jazz. Okay, let's go here to the phones. Best show, you're on the air.
1: Yes. Hello, host. Yes. This is Roy in Philadelphia.
2: Hi. Hi, Roy. How are you?
1: well i'm I'm a little nervous i'm very excited to talk to your guest host oh
2: yeah i know i know who this is this is uh this is philly boy roy right that's that's correct host uh-huh why what, what, why why are you being so weirdly formal tonight i've never i've you've i've known you for probably thirteen years now you've never uh sounded this way before
1: well, I, I think it's 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 proper to show proper respect when a guest of this magnitude is on your show. Oh,
2: that's, that's wow! That's very thoughtful, really flattering. Do you do you have a question
1: for for my guest? I sure do, <laughs> Mister Rudd.
2: Paul,
3: please. I know, y-
1: I know you've been having flagrant legal problems lately. What with you hiring hit men to off two people? But I was wondering if there's any chance of you coming back to your rightful place behind the kit. Because with all due respect to Chris Slade, nobody plays she got balls like you, sir.
3: Oh, that's, I, I that's so, um,
2: I, I, I don't th- know what to say. I think he's, I think he's confusing me with, with Phil Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is pretty, uh, Humiliating. Wait, what Roy, you're you're confusing Paul Rudd with the drummer from ACDC, Phil Rudd. Yeah. It happens. Uh, You're not the first to
3: do
1: uh, that. No, I ain't. I know I know who I'm talking to.
2: It's um Yeah, you know you know who you're talking to. I sure do. So you have a you have a question for Paul Rudd? I I sure do. Oh wait, I dropped my pencil.
1: Oh. Yes. <laughs> hang on. What is?
2: What is, is that old? Is that old dial up?
1: Oh, hang on. I I think I almost found it. Hang on. Do you have a question? Oh, I just sure do. Yeah. Um. Mr. Rudd, um I wanted to know how you enjoyed making your new Netflix program Hot American Sweatshop. Wait, no, it's what's it called?
3: Oh, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, yeah. Yeah, we uh did a, a Netflix uh show of the of the movie, yeah. Yeah. It was great. Roy, I had a, a great time doing it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen little bits of it, and it's very funny. And uh, if you like the movie, I, I think you'd like the show.
1: Oh, well, I look forward to seeing it. Also, wh- when can we expect you to reprise your role as Kenny Chin in A Question of Ethics?
3: Oh, boy. I I have been asked that question never. No one's ever asked me that question. And oh. uh, I, you know your stuff.
1: I sure do what about um you think we'll ever uh we'll ever get a part two of the size of watermelons?
3: I have been trying to get that going for over twenty years, and uh no luck, no investors, That's... no interest, nobody wants oh, that that sucks i agree that I... sucks
1: b yeah
2: oh okay oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 All right. Uh, so those are, those are some pretty, uh, <laughs> some pretty solid questions there, Roy. Were you, you're, you're,
3: you're fan, you're a fan of that uh, movie, Roy? Oh, Size of
1: Watermelon. Uh, well, yeah, also, oh, I, I, it's, it's recently come to my attention that you're from Passaic, New Jersey, yes? Well, yeah, I was, I was born there.
3: Uh,
1: oh, that's I, cool. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. One of my favorite Blue Oyster Cult bootlegs is from July twelfth, 1975 at the Capitol Theater in Passaic, mm-hmm. and I was hoping you could answer a question for me. Sure. The tape I have of that show, it starts with OD on Life Itself, right. but I know they was opening with Stairway to the Stars on that tour. Can you give me a definitive answer on that?
3: I, I really don't know. I, I I I couldn't even begin to guess why that is or uh, uh, or, or what that is. I... <laughs> I I was very, very young when that show happened. and
2: Yeah, it's 1975, Roy.
1: Well, how old is this
2: guy? Well, he's not... He he was making movies back in the early 90s. Yeah, so that would... That does not track for him to be at a show at the Capitol Theater in 75. Maybe you don't track to me! (laughs) Okay. That's weirdly... I zung it right
1: back in your face! Uh-huh. Wow. Well, T- Tom. Yeah. I think I speak for all the listeners out here when I say this guest is a major disappointment. Oh,
3: that's oh,
2: man. Terrible. This is gr-
3: uh, what do you how can you say that? That that hurt, that that kind of hurts. I oh, just well, because I wasn't uh, at the show, I mean was it, just because I wasn't at that blue oyster cult show?
1: Kind of, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, oh no. Wait. What, what what What's going on there? Oh, boy. Oh, jeepers.
1: What's that? Oh, no. It looks like I got a real Philly-style trilogy of terror thing going on here. <laughs>
2: a Philly-style trilogy
1: of terror. Oh, come on. Yeah, I sure do. Wait, what, what's that mean? Well, Roy Jr. brought home this scary tiki from down shore. Uh-huh. And it looks
2: like it's come to life. <laughs> it's That's like the uh uh-huh, like the Karen Black thing? Exactly, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the scariest things oh,
1: I've ever... Oh, no! What? Oh, oh. oh no, it's stabbing me. <laughs> oh, it's stabbing me really good. Oh, oh no. Oh, wait. oh, Tom, it got an artery. I think it got the corroded artery. It got your corroded oh, artery? I'm bleeding bad, Tom. Roy? Right? Oh, 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 no. Oh. I'm really bleeding out here, guys. You're bleeding out now? Yes. Can you call a paramedic or 12, please? Uh, Okay. Oh. Are you driving? Wait. Oh, Oh, I'm losing consciousness. What? What's with the... Oh, Oh, I can't see nothing. I'm really in pain. Who's honking?
2: Roy. Wait. So there's this two horns now? Roy? Yeah.
1: What's going yeah. on? This, this demonic tiki from downshore. Yeah. It, it got, it, it got two horns.
2: It's got two it, horns. I hung up. No. I think he might be
3: dead. That might have been the end of Philly Boy Roy. Oh, no. You We've... can't tell me that Philly Boy Roy just bled out.
2: <laughs> he might have died By a won. demonic. <laughs> Tiki. From... From Downshore. Oh, from Trilogy of Terror.
3: Yeah. The... Let's scare Jessica to death. That is... The Karen Black doll. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the scariest one of the
2: trilogy. I remember seeing that at, like, my aunt's and being... Permanently scarred yeah. by that. Yeah. And then when people are like, eh, "If you watch it again, you see it's stupid." It's like I'm never seeing it again. I I hated anything
3: that with with toys that came to life. I had I had to go see a psycho uh, psychologist because of the movie Magic, because the doll scared me so much. I still have never seen mm-hmm. that movie. The Anthony Hopkins yeah and Margaret yeah, yeah. Uh, which I know is like a great movie, but I've never it terrified me. And I had same, those same kind of issues with, um, in like that, you know, ABC movie, of the week, the trilogy of terror, kind yeah. of bad Ronald stuff. I had a real reaction to Do you remember that one with Dirk Benedict about was that? the snake man? Like no. he was trying to, he was turning people into snakes. No, it's called
2: Mike. You've seen that Struther Martin. I want to say it was scary. Is there one that's the scariest of all those to you? Bad, Bad Ronald is great. Ah, yeah. Bad Ronald was a really good one. I I want nothing to do with any of those things. I remember this one thing that I I never found out what it is. Like I just I remember being scared of it as a kid. Mm-hmm. It was like in a department store and somebody was like there was like a dog, like a like a German Shepherd loose in a department like, or like a guard dog and the person was like hiding in the bathroom from it after the store closed. It was oh. like movies could be so simple. Oh, then could- they
3: were great. They were really, really great and you
2: had to watch them. They were on TV. That was kind of your only yeah. your only thing. Could you yeah. imagine now it's like you get a call from your, your people. That's another showbiz term. Your right, people. sure. People. They're like, Paul, mm-hmm. we've got something for you. You're stuck in a department store that closes and there's a guard dog and you're just, uh, you're scared of it and you're hiding from it. And that's the whole movie. It just it's going like, to be on ABC. It just, it just like now it would be like, all right, that's five minutes of a thing. Where's the eight other steps after that? Where's
3: the the plot? (laughs) The other storylines? Yeah. Yeah. But
2: back then, it was just like, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, We just got this department store we can shoot at that's going out of business. We're going to do it in nine days. (laughs) We're going to just shoot this thing in Indiana, and uh, you're just going to be in this department store just... (laughs) Terrified, and this we 20- got. A, we got a really great dog. <laughs> got this great dog, and this twenty-two-year-old uh, named Steven Spielberg is directing it. Like when he was doing like just garbage <laughs> right. yeah. TV. Yeah, you wonder if anybody like because I was just watching these Columbo's from the first season of Columbo, mm-hmm. and he did an episode with uh, Jack Cassidy, like Columbo squared off against this this mystery author and. Jack Cassidy, who was the father of David Cassidy and the husband of Shirley Jones was, uh, like, you know, you can kind of almost feel a guy like that at that point in his career, just being like, look, I don't know who this punk kid is, but he's certainly not going to tell me what to do on a set. And then just like four years later, Jack Cassidy being like, uh, Dear Mr. Spielberg, I don't know if you remember, like, first of all, firstly, congratulations on the success of Close Encounters and Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you remember. I was in. We worked (laughs) together. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Just letting you know if there are any upcoming parts in a future production. I would definitely like to, (laughs) I would definitely like to reignite our working relationship after treating him like garbage <laughs> cuz he's just a kid out of film school <laughs> wait which kid did jaws no you're kidding me like he sees the line outside the theater for jaws that that putz that, who that, did that the, Luke, <laughs> that pip that yeah, put, yeah. that directed me in columbo, columbo? no Ugh, what's the world coming to oh i don't understand this business anymore he had such, pre- like, guys like that. Just like, he, I think he played like three villains on Columbo. Like, he was such a villain. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's a magician this time. Like, yeah, sure. Just Jackie, do a magician this Put time. Put in a different coat. <laughs> yeah. Just, you got a mustache and now Columbo's trying to catch a magician this time. <laughs> <laughs> like those, <laughs> those later episodes of Columbo. Uh, Jack Cassidy's, uh, I don't know what he is this time, but he did the thing and he, Columbo will catch him in the end. Now, when you, uh, Paul Rudd, you, d- 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 during the, the, you are a, uh, from, from, uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Pretty much. Cause you grew up, you, you, I moved you, around a lot when I was little. I
3: was like, uh, I was, I was born in New Jersey mm-hmm. and I lived there till I was about five and i moved okay. to kansas for a year then california mm-hmm. for about 3 years and okay. then back to kansas when i was 10 mm-hmm. and then i lived in kansas kind of from 10 to 20 so the formative mm-hmm.
2: years uh, of my life i'd say were in kansas city okay and you at what point did you become like a uh a, a royals fan cuz that that's been that's been a was it like last year or no something? no i no, was sorry. a I, <laughs> Like <laughs> <And then, laughs> last year, last year I decided to root for the team. Was it like when they? Was it like when they went to the World Series, yeah. or was it when they made the playoffs that you got on? Board? What, and then I got aboard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't realize they were even. It wasn't until the uh, ALCS. Yeah. Then you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to well, invest. You, you know
2: what? I have
3: a tie to the, to that town. <laughs> I'm going to go for yeah. it.
2: And then you're like ordering a hat and a yeah. just like. Brett. What's yeah, his, his name? It's George, George Brett. George Brett? Mm-hmm. You know,
3: okay. George Brett, I got to remember that. Go, go you Just get online. Royals <laughs> history.
2: It's <laughs> like, mine, game-worn jersey, just like pulling, <laughs> just jumping the line on everybody. Yeah. Yeah, game-worn George Brett jersey. Yeah, we're going to the game. I'm going to wear this I, thing.
3: I've had this thing. For three
4: days.
3: (laughs) And I felt like I had to wear it to game seven.
2: You you bring (laughs) it to the game in the case, just in case anybody misses it. But no, you were on board as
3: a a kid. Yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, I went to, you know, the Royals have been to three World Series. Mm -hmm. And the first one that they went to was in 1980. Okay. And they played the Phillies. Mm Mm-hmm. I went to one of those games. Okay. Uh, and I was a little, you know, I was a little kid. Uh, sure. and, and then I went to a couple games in the 85 series, including game six, which was the h- historic bad call at mm-hmm. first base. Okay. Uh, that then, uh, you know, allowed a game seven and then they went on to win that. And then I went to games, uh, you know, this last year. So mm-hmm. I've been to, ev- I've seen the Royals play in every World Series they've been in. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. kind of, Super
2: impressive. It's, I didn't realize it kind of until just uh, a couple of months ago. <laughs> that is just <laughs> like, when these guys are in the World Series, I'm in the I'm house. so going. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. It might actually get to that point where it's like, maybe if I don't go... They can't even get in the world series. <laughs> like if you don't make it clear, you're willing to go. Well, I'm waiting for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl
3: because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Chiefs fan mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kansas City sports. It's, you know, I, I, it wasn't until I left Kansas City, I think that I really started kind of getting mm-hmm. into the team because, you know, they're small market teams and nobody's really rooting for those teams unless they're from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a connection to, to home. Exactly. Yeah. And then is there like a place you can go to watch? You know, there's like, well, that's the Red Sox bar yeah. in New York. It's like, is there a Royals? bar? I mean, what is there? Is, is that, there like, is, yeah, fine? yeah. There's a, <laughs> there is,
3: there's a, there are, there's a Chiefs bar. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. There's, there's actually people. There, there are people from Kansas City all mm-hmm. over the place, and they find their
2: bars to watch their, mm-hmm. you know, the games in. How does that like work? Where suddenly you're like, we want this to be a Royals bar, and I the owner's know, right? like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just... Sure. If you guys come here and drink, it's a Royals bar. I
3: honestly think that's what ha- what it is. Uh-huh. They they um like this one Chiefs bar that I know of. It's it's turned into a Chiefs bar on on Sundays, but it was somebody that was doing like a play with some other <laughs> it was, like all these theater people that are also uh Chiefs fans, and it then turned into like kind of a a theater Chiefs bar. That's,
2: <laughs> that's so ridiculous. I know. Was, like. We love two things. Pippin and Jamal Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Circle's getting a little smaller here. Once we added that theater element to it, we kind of worked a lot of dudes off the, (laughs) like, worked worked them out of the rotation with it. So a smaller pool we're pulling from this time. Um. yeah now you actually speaking of, of uh, well you were on those the funny thing is it's different for you this past time because like when you were at the games now it's kind of like oh there's Paul on TV at the game watching the Royals not win the World Series right and now that's being documented like you're documented like you're for, that, for like the
3: most famous play of mm-hmm. uh, it was that last play of mm-hmm. Alex Gordon you know yeah. getting the triple and then yeah. uh, not, you know, and then I was yeah. on TV for that play. Yeah,
2: yeah. next right. to
3: my son who was falling asleep. I took him for his—it was his birthday. He uh-huh. was so into it, and uh-huh. then and then he
2: started getting really tired by yeah. the end of the game, and yeah. so he's just sitting there dazed. Yeah, but then like in some control booth, the guy's like, "I think we could see uh, a part of Paul Rudd dying inside." <laughs> Cut to Paul Rudd. The play just went down. I think Paul Rudd looks like he's <laughs> Red- lost the will to live. He's ready to. <laughs> just uh end it all. Yeah. You did like in terms of you doing theater to to go back to, in the the way segways work is we do them like that. It uh mm-hmm. well done. Yeah, you uh although I'm not supposed to point it at like I've kind of undone my work by stepping outside of it. Not unlike Donald Trump doing that within the speech. Maybe <laughs> I'm not as smart as I <laughs> thought I was. I'm just as dumb as he is. Um you, you have done theater on and off through your career. That's right. Yeah. And the last time you did, uh, you did uh, a play with, uh, Michael Shannon mm-hmm. and, uh, Ed Asner. Yeah. What was the name of that play? Grace. Grace. It was yeah. called, yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. That was great. And <clears throat> you, you, you had, I had asked you, um, cause like people laugh at weird, cause it was a play that had funny, hmm. Things in, but it's not funny. It wasn't, it wasn't a straight up comedy. No, no. it was pretty intense yeah. and dramatic. Yeah. Kind of within not spoiling anything. Then the first minute, you're like shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then it builds out from that. Yeah, it starts, the play starts
3: with the end of the play, and then mm-hmm. it goes backwards and we actually walk backwards and do scenes backwards. It's a, it was a really kind of an experimental, mm-hmm. for a Broadway play, it was a pretty interesting and experimental play. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was pretty intense.
2: Yeah. But you, like seeing it, there's points where people are like, la- like laughing. Cause there are funny, there are sure. funny yeah. moments and, yeah. and laughter is not just, does not just mean I think this is hilarious, right. which is why I'm la people laugh for all different reasons, but you you said you could hear laughter at literally any like over the course of the run,, mm-hmm. every moment you heard a laugh at any of those given spots, like 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 even at the most brutal of things, yeah, you'd still hear somebody chuckle, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: It's really interesting when you do weird. Well, it's, I've had that experience a few times in in plays where I've, I've actually done these plays where Mm -hmm. they're, especially with some of the Neil ABute plays Mm -hmm. where it gets really uncomfortable and really uncomfortable. Sure. And there's always people Mm -hmm. uh, laughing at the darkest moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would probably be laughing at the darkest moments if I was in the, in the Mm -hmm. theater. Yeah. Uh, Um, Sometimes because it's darkly funny, but, but yeah. it's, it's, it's weird. People just don't know exactly how to handle mm-hmm. their own emotional reaction to things. And sometimes it's nervousness or whatever. And yeah, it's kind of strange to hear laughs in places where you don't think they're warranted.
2: Yeah. Cause you're, you can hear everything also. Everything.
3: You're We're very aware of everything that's happening in the audience.
2: <laughs> it's it's like, so weird.
3: You can hear when somebody is unwrapping a candy you can hear mm-hmm. every cough um uh you just become very uh aware mm-hmm. we were doing that play and i was one time was very aware of a kind of a noisy noisy kind of a rustling and people were talking and i, uh-huh. and, I and it kept growing and building and i didn't know exactly I oh
2: like, yeah yeah I, this is yeah what then, yeah
3: yeah and i and and i I wasn't sure what had happened, but it wasn't dying down. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, is somebody having a heart attack? Do I need to stop the play? And uh mm-hmm. we, we didn't. And Mike Michael Shannon just started yelling his lines into the direction of the sound, and it scared everybody so much that they uh-huh. got very quiet. And it, I went off stage only to find out that somebody had actually thrown up, like puked. Oh, they were sitting in the front row of the balcony and puked over the balcony uh-huh. onto uh, the seats below that onto like 20 people just threw up.
2: Uh huh. That was a first. Yeah, that's that is a that's a and that a, was the critic of the New York Times, <laughs> yes. Ben Brandon. It was just <laughs> that. Yeah, because then, the, then what like it's funny because people. Are also getting so casual in the way life works now to Mm -hmm. where it's like you see pictures of people flying like 50 years ago wearing suits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, riding on subways? Yeah. Like, on a flight now, you're lucky if like people have like pants on, like long pants on.
3: I remember when I was in high school and I'd flown Mm -hmm. my, the reason I even grew up in Kansas City, my dad Mm -hmm. worked for TWA. We flew all the time. Uh I always had to dress up when I flew. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my friend Jeff was flying on, he's like, hadn't really been on a plane before. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, my first question is, well, what are you going to (laughs) wear?
2: What are you you (laughs) going to
3: wear? I don't know. Probably just like shorts. I'm like, you can't wear shorts on a plane. Yeah. And he goes, why not? I said, you can't. You're flying on a plane. You're not allowed to wear shorts. I think by the way I was thinking I must have been in like 10th grade. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, I'll bet you $20 you're the only person wearing shorts. It uh-huh. was fine. Yeah. And so I and, so
2: like, and he of course every I I, I lost $20. Yeah, cuz now you fast forward and you're lucky if half the people on the plane are wearing like day Pants. day wear. Like yeah. day, like it's when you're when it's like 11 in, it's like it's like 3 in the afternoon and then there's like people in like Pajamas walking through the airport. It's like, where are you flying? What are you flying to Singapore? If you're flying carrying like a pillow, (laughs) your own (laughs) pillow or the, yeah. And it's like, it's like, look, if you're flying on a 22 hour flight, fine, wear your sleep clothes. But then they're like, yeah, I'm flying from, uh, you know, from Newark to, uh, to To Atlanta. uh To Atlanta, yeah, just like that's a two and a half hour flight. I just want to be able to sleep. It's gonna be comfortable. Yeah. Oh, used to be. uh Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, we're a Look, we are getting dumber and sloppier <laughs> and everything. We're de- we're in- we're declining. We're getting-
2: we're just you know we're getting worse. We are getting worse. We're getting worse. How are you doing time wise? Are you? I'm fine. You fine? Yeah. You just give me the high sign. just all you do. That was uh Dudio, the dude who built the studio. He makes me call him Dudio. He came up with his nickname, Dudio. He's like, I want I think I want to be called... His name's Jason, but he's like, I think I want to be called Dudio.
3: Every time he pokes in, you should play Susudio. Yeah. It's like
2: his own entrance music. Oh, that's the... You just said... Dude. That was like you just dropped a bucket of poison in the...
3: In the room? In the water supply. Sue, sue. Now,
2: Sue. No. Sue, Because next week, he's going to be like, like, I'll just like a file show up. I'll just see like an email from him with a little paper clip yeah, in the corner. Yeah. To say like, oh. it'll just say like. If I just started a bit, you didn't want started. An idea. Okay. The email will be called subject. <laughs> subject. Do, 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 Like he'll do, get do, somebody to record do, it. Like kind
3: of a novelty recording?
2: Yeah. Like do, 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 do. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just get somebody to go put do do Do, do together. Now, Paul, with, with Ant-Man, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's exciting because it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's Ant- like, a, it's like an under. It's like, it's like the a superhero that you should be playing in a way. It's kind of the perfect one for you. The
3: anti-hero, be- the weird, like a, a not, you wouldn't, a minor chord kind of mm-hmm. superhero.
2: Yeah. With a, with a, a, a point that goes under all of everything else is about big, bigger, right? Biggest. And then you're just kind of not playing by any of that.
3: None of that. And a guy who is just a guy. Yeah no born without any kind of
2: superpower. Mhm. Yeah. So it really is the suit. It's the suit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's got uh You got to
3: know how to use the suit. Mhm. You have to know what to do when you shrink down. Mhm. And there's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty steep learning curve
2: with the suit,
3: with all of it. Cuz it, it's not just the suit. You got, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're, there's there are ants to contend
2: yeah. with too. But none of this made the movie though. None of you learning how to do the suit none of you learning how none to of the suit didn't. or the
3: answer in the film it's a really it, it's a weird it's a it's a weird thing people yeah. are going expecting ants yeah. and shrinking and none yeah. of that
2: you just it's like there will be blood where you yeah. just he's like it's a
3: lot like it's a lot like my dinner with andre where <laughs> okay. i'm just sitting across from michael douglas and uh-huh. we're, we're talking about potential and suits and yeah. and you know, Remember the mu- thing. Atomic distance yeah. and things like that. <laughs>
2: just talking uh-huh. about it ta- the movie starts two days after the movie should have started. And it's just you guys. Boy, that was some adventure, huh? Wow. We did it. Yeah. We just did. <laughs> Remember when you shrunk down and then you fought. Uh, that I guy. Thought, I thought you were going to get killed in that fight. <laughs> but, but you made no. it. And here you are. And then the ants. Did you did you get the salad? Is that yours? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, the things the ants did. Oh, you sh- if only others could have seen what we saw. I mean, they are called crazy ants for a reason. <laughs> crazy, crazy ants. Now, it uh, it's uh, it's awesome. Kevin Corrigan came by last week. I love and Kevin Corrigan. Kevin, yeah, Kevin is awesome, and I I. I thought he, like, if anybody, if Marvel's going to play this thing all the way down the line, he should be some sort of superhero yeah. at some point, imagine. Yeah. I thought... Doctor Strange. That's exactly what I said, because he skulks around the village, mm-hmm. Yep, and that's what Doctor Strange did. You walk through, you walk th- through, like, and suddenly it's like, oh, hey, Kevin. And then it's like, like that's what mm-hmm. Doctor Strange would have been—Kevin no. Corrigan walking around yeah. Abingdon Square <laughs> <Just> <laughs> with a paper under his arm. He did, he came in here last week and did impressions. He did a thing. It was probably five minutes long. It was a one-man performance of him doing <clears throat> the the scene in First Blood, the uh, first Rambo movie, mm-hmm. where right. it was. Christopher Walken, he did Christopher Walken playing uh, Richard Crenna, mm-hmm. the Richard Crenna yeah. role. And then he did, a, a, I guess, an Apocalypse Now era, Marlon Brando as Stallone. And he did, it was one of the craziest and funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. I could not look at. Uh, we were sitting like we're sitting right now. I had to just be like this. Oh my God. The whole time I could not watch it.
3: Committed cause... to memory,
2: knew all the dialogue. <clears throat> he had it and written to... out. He had it oh, written... he, he wrote it out. I think he, I think you can find those things online. Yeah. Just like, uh, the Ant-Man script, <laughs> which I just put up guys over it. At...
3: Don't let Charlie know.
4: <laughs>
3: He'll send the FBI. Oh, that's right. He's gonna. Charlie, Charlie no. Morgan. Yeah. Will uh, <laughs> send <laughs> a, a team.
2: Get them, boys! He'll come what a voice him. on Charlie! Yeah, he yeah, that is, and you can hear because when he first called, somebody was like, "Like, yeah," he said he's Harry Morgan's uh, son. And then look, there's a lot of pranksters and tricksters who call mm-hmm. this. Uh, and then there's a lot of people <clears> out there pretending to be yeah. Harry Morgan's son. Let's yeah, well, get for, real. First of all, that answers the question right there. It's like no one, if no. you if if you called pretending to be that i'll just pretend that you are it because that's really yeah. no um,
3: you are that yeah. if
2: you're saying that to you, you
3: that is you you get to be because nobody is yeah.
2: pretending
3: no. to be that
2: that's fair you get to you are charlie morgan son of harry morgan but his voice i was like yeah no this is clearly the son of Harry, like you could hear the the the. There was authority in his voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you can also hear him like. Just picture him on the, being on the wrong end of that voice in like business affairs at like Universal Studios, yeah. like going home from work after just like well, Charlie Morgan just uh, tore me a new one. Um, <laughs> boy, I need a scotch. Charlie <laughs> was on the warpath today. Mike is saying line one. You're sure about this, Mike? Best show, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, who's this?
0: This is Annie from Kansas City. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good. How are you? You're here with Paul Rudd. Hi,
0: Annie. Hi. Hi, how are you, sir? Um, I called in. I didn't know i have been on the phone, but um, Paul, I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, I don't know if you talked about it, but the Big Flick event weekend.
3: I haven't talked um, about it everyone is
0: really
3: excited and yeah well awesome i am too this is a really cool thing It's our sixth uh our sixth year i don't know if you know about this tom it's the event you do yeah it's it's coming up this uh weekend in Kansas oh wow City. okay yeah and uh it it's to raise money for children's mercy hospital
2: Okay, and, and what what is it exactly? Well, there
3: are some other guys I know that are from Kansas City, mm-hmm. and we all do this charity event together. Jason Sudeikis, okay. who uh, we went to the same high school, Rob Riggle, mm-hmm. who I went to college with, and uh, Eric Stone Street from mm-hmm. Modern Family, and Dave Keckner who is an anchorman. We're sure. all from Kansas City. That's crazy. And we, uh, <laughs> we co-host this event uh, it's kind of like a two day event. We go and we play a softball game before a Royals game and then, and then we watch the Royals game. They're playing the Red Sox. Okay. On Friday. Then we do uh, a bowling event on Saturday and then a big show on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people fly in. We have lots of, uh, other celebrities and we, and we auction off things and it's, and it's great.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Really and
3: our good. families, uh, our families, uh, run it too and organize it. It's all just our, like, our moms and mm-hmm. dads and brothers and sisters—it's a mm-hmm. very—it's a family affair.
2: That's fantastic, and wh- if people want to find out about that, what then go to KC dot org. Okay, and that's and, uh, this this weekend. That's this this weekend.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I w- I'm sorry to interrupt, guys. Um, I just wanted to say it's really exciting for people who live in Kansas City to have um, <laughs> like celebrities that represent Kansas City come back and support the hospital and it really is
3: amazing for the kids so thank you for doing that oh man thank you for calling and it's honestly it's it's a blast we love doing it Mm -hmm. and and one thing's for sure is that um we all feel as if kansas city really is still kind of
2: our home you know we grew up there and that's where our families still are and friends and so it's
3: great yeah
2: is there a chance that in a future year you'll just be like just tell them ant man is there and then just you know. send well this, this I
3: just send somebody else in the suit
2: <laughs> or just he's running. They won't be around. able to tell he's running around. He's
3: little. Look, you <laughs> he's, just, he's there. You just you don't yeah, see him, but he's there. Yeah.
2: Just like some other year, you just pre-record a thing. <laughs> hey, it's me, Ant Man. I'm in the stadium. <laughs> Please watch where you step.
4: <laughs>
2: Look out, Ant Man's here. <laughs> just like and you just hear in the background. Like, just, like, strip club music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs>
3: Wait,
2: what strip club is? That's like a... It's like old-timey old, 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 old timey stripper music. <laughs> yeah, so you hear that Strip song. club music, like, what is? what would be modern It's just like... Any loud song, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, yeah. would just be like, eh, strip club music. What's the it's worst? Loud. What
3: would be the worst strip club music? The worst? Jesus take the wheel?
2: (laughs) Maybe I might go back to like the music of Robert Wyatt. (laughs) At last, uh, his version, his cover of the Sheik song, At Last I Am Free. (laughs) If you've ever heard, I would say that, where is it? I know I've got it on here. Because this so is the gonna, kind of morose stuff I actually right. listen to. Right. <laughs> it would that be something it. like this. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could kind
3: of take your clothes off to this.
2: Oh, no. He's taking his shirt off. And the pants. And the pants are coming off now. We'll wait for the bubbles to come in, and then we'll get an idea how this would work.
1: All
2: right, coming up next, we've got... We've got Misty. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) uh, Robert Wyatt, two for one. (laughs) Songs in the Champagne Room. Oh... I can't do that. Well, it's good stuff. Thank you for the call.
1: Oh, it's
0: my
2: pleasure. Have a wonderful night, guys. You too. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Do You want some water or something? Yeah, I'll take some water. I'm Mike, gonna... can you bring a water in, please?
3: You know, I I was I was thinking what the worst strip music, and uh-huh. I, I made the. The joke about uh Jesus take the wheel. Uh-huh. Uh, and I didn't think like the next thing next thing, next thing I think I thought thing I thought of, still about um Jesus, but I was thinking Jesus the Gavin Briars Jesus blood never failed me yet. Uh what is that? I don't a, know that. Oh, it's amazing. But it y- you can't really strip to <laughs> that. It's a it's 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 an it's this old man that that sings that
2: phrase and it's on mm-hmm. a loop. And it's oh, I know speech. that, yeah. yes. I know exactly what that is. Right. Yes, that would not be. Mm-mm. Although someone is now taking it as a challenge, I'm sure, to strip to that. Someone listening to this in Portland right now is probably because Portland has uh, some weird yeah. overabundance of strip clubs. When the Like, when I, I went to Portland, like five years ago or whatever, all of a sudden it's like driving around. It's like, wait, why is there a strip club on every other block in this city? Is there really? And they seem to all have like steak dinner deals. (laughs) (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs) Houston Houston is a big
3: strip club
2: place. I've never been to Portland. But you would think Houston would be. Houston makes sense. Yeah. You'd be like, because if you were just writing up, which cities have a lot of strip clubs? Houston's got to Houston. Atlanta, yeah. there was, there was that one place in Atlanta that all like the, the gold club that would be, it was famous because it would be like the NBA guys would come to town, mm-hmm. go there, and then the game they play after that, they would be just like demolished <laughs> from partying. Like you always want, like gamblers would know, all right, the Knicks are playing in Atlanta yeah. on Wednesday. They're going to, uh, the Charlotte on Thursday. You bet. Charlotte's going to win yeah, that game. Right. The Knicks will be limping around holding their heads because they partied all night in Atlanta. <laughs> so, those are the kind of things that true degenerates would know. Um Those anchor the anchorman movies, that's like like cuz you now have been in all these things that are actual like like things that are never going to go away, right? Well, like,
3: a, a, a lot of them will, but a few won't. I think Anchorman is one of those ones that has kind of now taken its place in the mm-hmm. pop culture. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and uh, uh, Clueless, right? And yeah. Friends. Well, Friends, I was basically a prop on that, but, but show. you were, but you were right. on it though. You got to like say, "I'm on that thing."
3: At the very end, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a. I did some episodes of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. what is it? Which was really uh,
2: strange. To experience and to like join a thing as it's like, yeah, this is the biggest thing ever. Yeah. You're now, you're-
4: yeah,
3: this sitting in like central perk. Yeah. After I'd like seeing it on TV. <laughs> it, it, like I remember uh-huh. it, I, I never got over just the weirdness of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, even on the very last episode, I was sitting in, I think, Monica's apartment. It's like, oh, there's that Jouet sign that's, <laughs> like, hanging over the uh, TV. And it's was like, that's it. That's uh-huh. the thing I see on TV. Like, yeah. I never, ever felt uh, comfortable. Uh-huh. They were great and always made me, mm-hmm. you know, feel com- com- as comfortable as they could. But yeah. I, I, I was never, I never felt like I was, yeah. like, I'm not one of them. But- the, the show is really about <clears throat> them. And I'm just going to, you know, I was like. I was like Robbie Wrist. It was like cousin Oliver. <laughs> Speaking of the, the going yeah. back to the sitcom,
2: yeah, but that they, brings
3: in the. But I was I was the Danny Cooksy of Friends.
2: <laughs> Danny, who's Danny Cooksy? Why Dan, am I?
3: He, uh, he played Sam on Different Strokes. They bought oh, him that's in right. The,
2: yeah, yeah. A little bow-tied kid. Yeah, man. Actually, yeah. you know what? I know I wasn't even that. Okay, you were looking up. At Danny Cooksey, like yeah, like he,
3: they brought him in because he was going to be a ringer. He was cute. Yeah. And he had his bow tie, and he
2: was yeah. precocious. Someday, Cooksey, I'm coming. I'm coming for you, Cooksey. I want what <laughs> Cooksey right. has. Best show. You're on the air. Oh hi. Hi. Hello. Who's this?
0: This is Autumn from
2: Topeka, Kansas. Hey, getting a lot
3: of Kansas callers. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, uh. I have, I, I got, uh, pushed to, I, I know Geneva and, uh, okay. Red's on. And I was like, Oh, I have kind of an awkward story. It's awkward for me, but it's probably more awkward for Paul Rudd.
2: Oh, God. Is this, um, is this because this, we've talked about <laughs> running into like, like, um, like horrible encounters with other people. And cause I, at the beginning of the year, I, um, yeah, I had a, uh, I I I met uh I was in San Francisco and uh at this hotel and I kept seeing Patty Smith at the hotel. Mm-hmm. It was like we were oh. staying there for a few days, suddenly it's like, oh, there's Patty Smith. Oh my god. And then <laughs> like the next day, there's Patty Smith again. And then I saw Patty Smith the third time at the the mall adjoining the hotel. And then the mm-hmm. fourth time I saw Patty Smith, I was like I'm going to say something to Patty. (laughs) So she got into the elevator. So I just Mm -hmm. got into the elevator too. And then I said, Hey, how are your shows at the Fillmore? She's like, Oh, good. But yeah, I'm just tired. And then I was thinking in my head, I'm going to come up with something like this is, I'm swinging for the fences here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's never been asked this. I'm going to be the person that she now says, I got the most interesting question the other day. It was very thought provoking. So I said to her, Hey, you know that band uh, Humble Pie uh, back in the 70s? Like, uh, what what were they? Were they the real deal or what? And some version of that. And then she instantly looked terrified and then said, Yeah, I never uh, saw them. Uh, That was before my time. Which was not true. It was like she completely... Totally could timeline totally work for her yeah. to have seen them. And then the elevator door opened and then she said, goodbye. And then just got out. And I was just like, Oh, oh. but it was so, oh. I was so happy that I flamed out like in 2015 to just eat it straight up like that. It's such a, it's such a healthy experience mm. to just be. Yeah, brought low yeah. back to like <laughs> yeah. who this is
3: what you this is what you felt yes. like your whole life. Yes, don't get too big for your britches because this is this oh. is the base of which we're okay. all supposed to be operating yes. from. Yes.
2: And to know yes, that it's still real. Yeah, to know that I was not. I am not miles from where from whence I came. I was like inches this whole time. Right. I was mm-hmm. inches away from the the worst version of myself. <laughs> so we've been talking about that on the show over the last few months. So you right. Autumn. Cool. Yeah. What is, what is the,
1: what do uh, you have? You know, to say? Well,
0: here's the thing. It's a, it's a, a meeting that didn't actually occur. And it's because <laughs> this is 19 years ago.
4: 19 uh, years and ago. it was
0: in Topeka and, and you're going to have to help me out because I was a bit younger. Um,
2: uh, were you I was 19 saying, years younger? <laughs> like, what? How did that happen?
0: Yeah, um I was in eighth grade and, uh, I was in middle school and our, uh, I think he was our communications teacher, but his name was Mr. Martin. You probably know him by his first name. I think he was either, uh, a roommate or he was a, uh, a friend of yours maybe at, at KU.
4: Was this
3: J, Jay- yeah, um, Jason Martin.
0: Jason Martin. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was a horror teacher and for some reason you came and visited. And yeah. this is a year after Clueless had occurred, right?
1: Uh-huh.
4: And
0: I was the only uh girl in that school that had not seen Clueless. Uh, I was I had just hadn't seen it. I don't know why. It wasn't it wasn't a too cool for school thing or whatever, but you came and all everybody just went out. And there is this picture in our middle school yearbook of you just surrounded by these tween girls. <laughs> And you could see the look on your face, like, just, like, I can't, why am I here? <laughs> what is happening? This is terrifying. All these young girls. And I it was kind of the, it's but, always been the story of I was the one person that's like, how, who's that? Like, what's wait, going on?
1: <laughs> it's okay, though. You yeah. You can't see
0: every movie. I was so
3: uncool. At no. Times that, I remember yeah. uh, Jason asked me to come speak to the class, I mm-hmm, think. hmm
0: what was uh, it about? Because uh, he was communications. Teacher.
3: Yeah, and then he went and went on to teach English. I remember I went yeah. on to talk about Shakespeare yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time, and I was saying something to the kids. I don't know if this was a year, if I was talking to your class or it was another class that he taught. Where I was saying, you know, the sonnets are like it, it was like the musicians of the day, and I said, like, you know, it's like if you guys are like listening to REM, and they all just were and they were all just they all just went ooh, like I felt like I was. Eighty years old. I was, yeah, I was like, I was so over it. I know, and I, I didn't. <clears throat> they like, weren't to I me. My
0: crush yeah. eyelids
3: and just come out. We're like, Ugh,
2: over it. You kids don't like yeah. R.E.M. Oh God, I'm a, f- I'm a fossil already. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm being told online that I am with the Patty Smith story that I'm. I've removed the phrase that I said to her back in the day. Did you see Humble Pie? Which apparently people think that's the crux of the, the true, the true humiliation point of it. You said back in the day. And I just, so I, I was probably blocking that out and coming up with a softer version of the story that I could still live with. But now thank you. Uh, it's all come out. Bringing it back to the original point of horror with it.
0: Somebody has like the elevator tapes and they've memorized it. The camera
2: on the thing is like, oh, no, I know exactly what you said. (laughs) You can't worry about the fact that you didn't see that. You've had a chance to see it. Now you've seen it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: good. And uh,
0: and then again, after, because then but I actually saw it because you came and I was like, well, I mean, I have to see this what is this? And then I still didn't, I hadn't read Emma. I don't, I didn't know Emma, Mm -hmm. I guess it was based on Emma. And so then I had to watch again. I ended up going to film school at KU, um, we did not watch it in film school
2: <laughs> we didn't mean to build it up See, look you're doing it I gotta say you're doing it right now you're <laughs> saying eh, we didn't watch you. of course we didn't watch your movie in film school <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry
2: <laughs> I'm gonna let you off the hook yeah. Autumn yeah I didn't okay. mean that I was too-
1: yeah Cause for-
3: cause no, 19- you probably yeah. had
2: other classics to watch
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were taking like black exploitation classes and it was crazy the things that you could watch in film school the thing but no, it was really cool. Okay. And I, that's right. really awesome that you actually came and did that. I know. It was fun. I, I like
3: doing it. It was great. It yeah, that was, just, just,
0: that was really awesome for, I mean, imagine your friend calls you up and is like, I know this is, like, this will okay. be really awesome. Cool
2: right, I'm going to just, okay. I'm going to, <laughs> you ever see on, on evening at the showtime at the Apollo and the, you kind of get gently swept off the <laughs> stage. I'm yes. doing that. Paul's okay. a good guy. Thank you. Tom's the bad guy. Thanks for calling. No,
4: you're fine. Okay.
2: Now, when you're on the the uh, the Adam McKay sets, yeah, and it's going like, because like, there's probably nobody whose head goes faster than his nobody head, right? Nobody. He's like a,
3: he's a he's a comedy savant. He's the funniest,
2: uh, smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. at all times. But yeah. he's like a guy too. That's the. Yeah, he's not. He's never like kind of. He he never uses it against no, anybody. No, it's, it's it's
3: he's like the coolest epitome of of both of those things. Mm-hmm. He makes you feel like you're funny, you're mm-hmm. smart, and he's engaging. And he's one of those guys that I think anyone that ha- spends time with it is uh, awed
2: by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I remember. Did you ever see him do like Ass Cat yeah. back in like? Mm-hmm. And it would be the thing where, like, it's that the UCB theater when you'd have everybody there, like, all of the UCB people. So you've got, you know, Amy Poehler and Matt Walsh, and then you've got, like, Tina Fey and Horatio Sands and Rachel Dratch, and Just you know, yeah. ten other people are up there. And then he would be the only person who could, like, make all of them just watch a yeah. guy just kind of crack his head open. It's unbelievable.
3: He's something, I mean, he really is incredible. And, and you know that he and will are such a great partnership Mm -hmm. and there is a bit of a yin and yang there. There's like, whereas will is kind of equally Mm -hmm. hilarious and facile and bright um, and personable. Mm -hmm. There's a lightness with will. Whereas I think Adam can get darker and weirder and they really know how to
2: complement each other. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, and he um, that second Anchorman movie, he had like a like a an amplifier system. <laughs> well, he would do things. You know, there were I can always tell a like
3: just an an Adam McKay joke. It's such a mm-hmm. strangely you know beautiful construct and and uh, um, it, when we would do Anchorman, he would yell things out if we're improvising stuff and. You know, and his were always the funniest. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, the best joke I think I could ever think of would be way uh, worse than Adam McKay's worst joke. But he was the guy that, like, would yell stuff out and, and destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. Like when we were doing the the warm ups and it was uh saying you know like uh unique New York and, yeah, yeah. and the uh arsonist has oddly shaped and, and it just kind uh-huh. of none of that was really scripted. We all just kind of started making these things that were not tongue twisters or yeah. and uh and I just remember Adam McKay just yelling out the human torch was denied a bank loan, <laughs> and seeing will that one was the will. like will doesn't lose it, uh-huh. but man, that was the one where he couldn't quite. Get it, get it out. And, and, um, and so we would do, we would do things like that, uh, throughout. And then sometimes in Anchorman 2, we'd be shooting and he would be away from the set. So he had, yeah, he had a microphone and a Mm -hmm. speaker. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like one time where Will really made me laugh. I was doing this report about fake breasts. I don't think it's in the movie, Uh uh, but, uh, about this new technology That you get women getting Uh fake breasts and how it's a, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then as, you know, Ron Burgundy leans over to me and says, um, is it true? I, I've heard they were doing new testing, uh, filling, um, breasts with taco meat. (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) Uh I had to try and keep it together unsuccessfully, Uh but I, uh, and I said, yeah, no, there are lots of things, you know, uh, fiberglass insulation, uh, uh, you know, gravel. I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of things, and then I just hear uh-huh. on a speaker nickels <laughs> from McKay, uh-huh. dying. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: and then there was going to be a thing, like there was a point where Anchorman Two could have been on stage. Originally, it was supposed it was supposed to be a
3: Broadway musical mm-hmm. that we were going to do. <laughs> this was years ago. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to do it. I mean, no one wanted to do Anchorman Two as a movie anyway. Yeah. It like, just, you know, wasn't that big of a hit. That's a movie that kind of gained popularity mm-hmm. once it was on cable. But um the the numbers didn't really line up for the studio, and then they certainly weren't interested in making it into a <laughs> musical. But
2: even though we were all on oh, board, we thought that would be a really interesting way to do a sequel. I mean, I could not imagine how excited. Like if imagine you're just in New York and it's just like <clears throat> hey, Anchorman two with like We were Will all Farrell, gonna do it. Paul Rudd, David Koechner, and uh and Will. And yeah. I, they said him. Who do, who am I missing? Carell. Steve Carell. Oh yeah, oh just him. You know, I just <laughs> blanked on it. And it's just like yeah, they're on stage every night doing the sequel to them to that movie. Right. It would be the craziest it would be pandemonium Well, we, we kind of thought... it would be throwing up every night. We kind of thought it would be an, a
3: really bold way to go, mm-hmm. and uh, and that Broadway musicals didn't... It was like the humor that we wanted mm-hmm. to bring to it was mm-hmm. not the kind of humor that you would necessarily see on Broadway in a musical. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that they thought probably after the fact maybe it was a good idea because Book of Mormon... Came in a couple of years, like uh-huh. m- m- several years later, and yeah. then did it the right way. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and it's, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know if we uh, would have hit that. Oh, that yeah. would have been awesome. But and now Adam did um, work on. Uh, he wrote on on Ant Man. Yeah, to bring it back to the. Yeah, which
3: was great. I mean, to to work with him in yeah. that capacity was was amazing
2: cuz he's totally into the, he's been like a he's long a, time yeah
3: a marvel comic mm-hmm. reader he loves their movies and and but just knows uh a
2: lot about the, that world mm-hmm. and
3: you know yeah he read the comics as a kid
2: and if you do i feel like if you do comedy and you know how to build comedy you can build other things like i like i worked on on the show uh monk and so many of the writers on it were came from a comedy background mm-hmm. and you could learn how to write mysteries. If you knew if you knew how to build comedy, you could learn how to build mystery because it's the same sort of thing of moving pieces and, and mm-hmm. setting things up and then taking a side detour and then but then paying it off. Like the, the mechanics are very similar. I think they're the keeping
3: there's... keeping the the narrative simple uh, mm. and then dressing it up with jokes and and Mm -hmm. using those kinds of things to enhance the stories similar to like writing a mystery or writing something else where you learn to enhance the narrative by kind Mm -hmm. of flourishes and 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 things
2: like that yeah i'm is that what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. and that's that's going to him you know it's like a guy like that can definitely well he can do what he wants because he's insanely super talented but you can build i think you could build the mechanics of a, like an a- action sequence. And yeah. Like the excitement that you get from that is not different from the excitement you get from when comedy's working mm-hmm. also. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I, yeah, you're, you're stretching
3: out a, a moment, suspending, uh, uh, uh you're keeping emotions sus- and suspense mm-hmm. intact. Like being able to like prolong a joke, knowing how to, the, the rhythms of it. And
2: yeah, and, I I, I, yeah. think what you're saying. I think it's great. I'm so happy that <laughs> everybody worked on a fun movie together <laughs> and I can't wait to see it in the theater. Best show, you're on the air. Oh,
4: I'm on the air. Hey, how's it going, Tom? And Paul, how are you guys? How's it going? How's uh, going I'm pretty good. Who is this? Uh, this is Bennett in Queens.
2: Bennett in Queens. What's up, Bennett? Uh, not too
4: much. I guess... uh I don't know, recently, this a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about, uh, bad celebrity iPods, and I was thinking about a guy who, um I, I've never come across, like, someone who makes art and who seems to have so much contempt for their fanbase as, uh, as George R. R. Martin seems to. I don't know if you have any opinions on him or Game of Thrones.
2: Like, I don't watch, uh, Game of Thrones. I, uh, I feel like my wife does, and she tells me every week, it's like, oh, this character that I like is dead now, and then uh, this other character, uh, now a child, is dead. And to me, that sounds like such a great escape from reality to watch a show where people who you uh, like die. What a fun
4: are consistently brutalized. What? And, what, yeah. what? Look, look, if only Lord of the Rings had more like grotesquery and, and, and sexual yeah. violence, just it seems like I don't know pure why. Pure escapism. It
2: sounds like just pure escapism. Yeah. The thing where um, you like someone, and then someone kills them. And it's now just a matter of when do all my favorite people die on this thing? Is oh, that yeah, what it's like?
4: No. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, mean, I, I watched it. Early on, and I, I kind of gave up on it for that reason. But I just so you think, just
2: jo- every... you think George R. R. Martin would have a bad iPod? Is what you're saying? Oh yeah, oh
4: yeah. I don't I know. Mean,
2: I still think the worst celebrity iPod would probably be like Hulk Hogan would probably have. Oh, yeah, absolutely! Because his, his kids. What would What would be, at, what would like, be on really... his iPod? Like his daughter's music <laughs> and. His music, like you know it's things he's recorded behind. Ac- like yeah. acoustic stuff. <laughs> just like like that song Real American would be oh, on. Oh yeah. <laughs> his his, that's his, a, that's his, funny. his entrance music. His though. entrance oh, music. Man. His entrance music would be on there. Yeah. In case he's at a thing and they're just like Hulk, we don't have a uh, real American, and we oh, don't have any Wi-Fi oh, in here. Hold on. Hold on. Here you go, brother. Oh, I got you. <laughs> hook, my, hook my iPod into the... Yeah, you got a quarter-inch just... jack, brother? Have you seen any of the stuff with George R. R. Martin just Martin? Right, you're driving me nuts, this guy. He's clearly... I've never watched Game of Thrones. Because yeah. sometimes they think about the call. All week, mm. or all month, mm-hmm. and then they make it, but it doesn't make sense outside of their own head. That's what happens. In your that's own life. like most conversations I have. <laughs> yes, it was just it, throughout the day. It, to I me, it, yeah, it's like most. To me, that's often when I'm mad at someone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go, and then you're like oh wait, we never had that yeah. argument. I have played was... this out differently in my head <laughs> yeah. and I've created yeah. scenarios and what, yeah. A, yeah. And you're...
3: Looking you're, at me like yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and
2: you just said uh, you're sorry for that thing that happened and I'm sorry for the thing that I did. Oh, so wait, we're past this, but I'm weirdly still dealing with anger that I created all of? <laughs> Best show, you're on the air. Hello, Tom. Hi. Oh, I know who this is. This is a guy from, uh he's from the state of Atlanta. No, not Atlanta, Alabama. Right? Yes, sir. Hello, Paul. Hello. This is a Jason is his name. Jason from Huntsville, Alabama. He is a uh, comedian in his own right. He's uh he does you've but you've done things with uh John Hodgman, right, uh Jason? I've done I've done thing with the John Hodgman. Thing, you've done thing with John Hodgman. Yes. Where you uh when he did a show down there you were in the show. Was that what happened? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I like that. I'm being very formal. Yeah. I don't know why. It's that it's that southern gentleman mm-hmm. coming out. Yes. Yeah. I'm the only northerner here tonight. Got <laughs> a guy from Atlanta, got a guy from Alabama. I'm the only one from north of the Mason Dixon line in the studio. You're the only country. one ripping Dr.
1: Pepper country.
2: Yeah. You're for, you're Mr. Pibb. You and yeah. Paul are both Mr. Pibb's stalwarts. What's the water down there in Atlanta? What is the fontus fontus? Yeah. What is font, F O N T I S T I Fontus Okay. Yeah. Like and I would
3: always after every take. I demand a cold fontus
2: <laughs> Fuck.
3: Somebody bring me a an ice cold huh I need it now. This ant suit is hot.
2: <laughs> the now, the first time you wore the ant suit, you said you felt like that power of the thing. What was the first time you're just like, "Dude, boy, I'm in an ant suit, and everybody is wearing normal clothes." Um, not that long <laughs> afterward. Something like. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? I'm in the ant suit.
3: They did have to build in the fl- fly because okay. I, I needed to go to the yeah. bathroom yeah. so mm-hmm. there's there, there there was a time when i was i had to go to the like a urinal and I'm uh-huh. in the ant suit with uh-huh. the helmet and it's like it's a you know I need a pit crew to get into yeah, the yeah, thing it's yeah. not like so you're not any, gonna be like, it's not an easy thing. I'm not going to yeah. just like get out of the suit and go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I remember, like, some, I think some of, like, the construction guys or whatever, they get given the bathroom, and it's just like, there's Ant-Man yeah. standing in a urinal, yeah. kind of breaking the illusion <laughs> kind of that it... they're really trying to create.
2: Now, a question is, wouldn't, in the world of Ant-Man, why was there no fly on that? Wouldn't somebody be like...
4: Unstable molecules.
2: Like, yeah, maybe this yeah. dude... Has to go to the bathroom once in a while. Yeah, in the world of the movie, not right. just the actor. Well,
3: there is. It's sewn. In. It's sewn in. Like you could. You look. You can. You. It looks like. You know, you can see it, and it's not like a smooth, okay. plastic, shield.
2: <laughs> okay,
3: Jason. That's what I was wearing under yes. the suit.
2: Yes, sir. Well, what, what, uh, what, well, what, what can I do for you, Ted?
4: Uh, well, to... I, I could get into the discussion of pim particles. But I don't, I don't want to do that. No.
2: Um, you're going to stay away from that. Yes. Yeah, I'll stay away you're from better, that. You're better uh, than that. In
4: fact, I won't even mention it.
2: You're not going to mention him uh, particles tonight. No, no.
4: no. Uh, but the, the thing is, I want to give you fair warning. I don't know if you saw it. Just went up on the internet that Tom Waits got pelted with a bunch of old hats at a music festival. Really? I know your your old no, hats. Your, your inbox is going to fill up with links to the video. I'm telling you. Tom waits
3: built it. Tom waits got hit Real. with a bunch of old hats.
2: No, not actually. But I was making a reference to the. No, you're making. He's making a reference to Tim particle. The dude from the dude from uh, Smash, Mouth? Smash Mouth got hit by a loaf loaves lo, lo, of bread lo, lo, by bread. I saw that yeah. today. And the palm signal
1: went out in the sky.
2: Uh, I I wish if I had i had that's the kind of thing people see that happen and then they're like i need to tell tom that there's a video of the dude from smash mouth getting hit with loaves of bread because it was a torrent of i don't know if you saw this but uh here's the guy from smash mouth it was like all it was like this it would be like hey i don't know if you saw this but it's uh a video of you doing a thing like it's like you put it I don't know the guy from Smash Mouth but I'm where, where I'm like where did I get Tom Wait? I know you're Tom he's, is he's being
3: oh,
1: okay.
2: funny all right. he's being
1: with another comedic. of yes there they, are these things that push your buttons yes
2: yeah, so the idea of him getting hit people, by hats would yeah people associate
4: these people with you yeah
2: look we're not gonna, very walk, strongly. We're gonna walk the guy through the whole show all right Jason
4: yeah I'm just saying just you yeah, this, this is that's the deal. That's that's Now, the deal.
2: Now, I see, I see. now, I gotta say, with this dude getting hit by bread at the thing, I could not be more on his side. Like when people are like, it's like, yeah, look, am I gonna listen to Smash Mouth tonight? No, but the dude's playing a show at the thing. You don't throw stuff at him, right? Like, it's as simple as that. You don't throw anything at anyone, right? Right. If I'm you, sorry, could sma- you could smash
3: that guy in the mouth with a piece
2: of bread like that. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, no. I couldn't. Hey, Tom? Yeah, what? You could what smash up? him in the mouth. That sounds like. Uh... Yeah, I can't even recover from that one. No, that's horrible. That it was t- one it was so <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> you, could, you could smash well, you him really in the could. mouth. You really could. You really could. You could smash him in the mouth. To be fair, with a loaf of bread. Now they were just throwing, that's when you know you're in America, when it's like, we have food. (laughs) We have bread. What are we doing with it? We don't like this guy's music anymore. We used to, but now it's weirdly ironic, so we're going to throw food at him. That other people would be like, bread, please, can I have one? piece of that bread to just bring home to my family sorry I gotta whip it at the guy from Smash Mouth (laughs) my family is so hungry sorry the guy is singing uh, All Star up there I wanna look. I'm sorry your family is starving you'll understand this when I explain it remember that song All Star (laughs) that dude is here singing it and I wanna hit him with this bread he is our country's
4: greatest
2: villain. Who is our country's greatest? He villain. Maybe yeah. it was, maybe it was like, it was.
3: Mouth it was mouth. It, maybe it wasn't He's a like, violent gesture. Maybe it was like a, a, a thank you. Like mm-hmm. a, oh, it's like, that's a custom in yeah. another country. You give them bread. It and, sounds, yeah, Very European. Thank you for this, for your music. Yes. Here's a loaf of rye.
2: We honor Smash Mouth tonight. Viva Smash Mouth. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> bread at them. Yay!
1: No, no
3: remember no. when you get to their country, you throw, you give them bread, yes. you throw bread,
2: yes. and you take off your shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did they throw bread at you? No. Oh, oh, oh I'm they, so sorry. They,
3: they must have been greatly insulted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Jason. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call. Well, I hung up on him. A little quick on the trigger there. Best show you're on the air. Hello, Tom. Hi. Who's this?
4: Hi this is josh the organ player up in boston
2: josh this guy's name is josh cantor right k a josh cantor he is the organist for the boston Red sox oh and hi, paul. Has, hi josh you
3: d- josh performed with Hodgman too i believe right
4: yeah i did the thing with Hodgman and and paul was on that yes. show. yeah yeah okay. uh, oh, last year
2: that's right Now, josh josh got a uh World Series ring.
4: And I did, yeah, from the 2013 uh, Red Sox championship. Yes,
2: he showed me the ring. He wow. actually has a championship ring, and he says part of it is due to the fact that the listeners of the show harangued the Red Sox on Twitter to give him at, a ring. Oh,
4: that's great. at your behest.
2: At my behest, they yeah. bothered. The Red Sox, and then somebody was just like, "Fine, what the Oregon guy? Just get him a ring so they can stop." Yeah, yeah, they could stop clogging the Twitter about give him a ring. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah, no, I look, I'm very happy to be associated with that. And then on, Josh played the Best Show theme at that final World Series game that year in the stadium. He played like the fifth inning of the World Series game. He played the theme from this show. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like well,
4: if I, if log I recall rolling. correctly, you did. I think it was just the day before you had announced that you were going to stop your your WFMU mm-hmm. run. So it was sort of like a, you know, a timely, uh, fortuitously timed tribute to that. So I like doing those well, was of nice. things. It was Some, very things good. in the news just to play a, a song that evokes it.
2: So. It was very nice. So you are what now you are calling to say something mean about the Royals. Is that why you're calling?
4: Oh, no, no, no. I I have a lot of respect for the Royals. You know, I, I, uh, I think they're a likable team. You know, they're not my favorite team, but, um, but they're a good team. And they, I liked what their manager said the other day about, because I guess the Royals fans are really kind of stuffing the ballot box for the all-star game.
3: Oh, they're voting a lot. uh, Yeah.
4: And the, uh, the, the royals, I mean, the metaphorical ballot box is all done online these days, but the, the manager was asked about it and whether it should be considered controversial. And he basically said, if you don't like it. You can vote and you can vote online and you can vote lots of times. So, yeah. um, I thought that was a very sensible position to take on the matter, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh,
2: now how about, do you know Gronk, uh, Josh, do you know Gronk?
4: I, I know of him, uh, and I heard a story secondhand the other day about someone talking about sharing a, a plane ride with Cause him. Cause I'm reading uh, online, no, I just never... want to
2: warn you. you're in Boston right now? I am, yeah. There's a report coming in that he has escaped and <laughs> he is on the loose. Gronk has escaped his confines and is, he's terrorizing Boston right now. So watch out. He's currently climbing the, uh, no, he, that guy, did you see that book? Somebody wrote like erotic, gronk fan fiction. There's a book Mm
4: -hmm.
3: on Amazon. Oh my God, no.
2: It's called A Gronking to Remember. (laughs) Well, now I have (laughs) to read you the (laughs) bio. It's a real testament to where I'm at that I didn't have to type all of it into Amazon. I it just is. had to type in A-M-A, and then one of the things that showed up as <laughs> you scrolled down out. to was the customer reviews for A Gronking to Remember. <laughs> shorthand over here. Um yeah. It's a book called A Gronking to Remember by Lacey Noonan. Lee has a serious problem, and it's driving a spike. And that's in quotes. To be mm. fair to her, she knew... Between her and her husband Dan, when Lee wanders into the room where her husband and his friends are watching a football game, her life changes forever because at that exact moment, NFL's One Man does not the NFL NFL's one-man wrecking ball, Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots, scores a touchdown and does his patented gronk spike, his notorious monster smashing of a football when the football shoots into the stratosphere. The stratosphere mm. goes 15 feet. Yeah, <laughs> the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lee's heart goes a pitter-patter. Look, if you're wondering whether this woman knows how to write, she uses a pitter-patter to describe what happens. Lee's heart goes a pitter-patter, and she becomes seriously turned on. Hmm. Now, normally sheepish Lee can't stop thinking about it. She'd never given a second thought to football, but now the primal power of the Gronk Spike and this raw monster of a man, Rob Gronkowski, is all that she wants, and she'll stop at nothing until the romance of a lifetime is hers. Find out the lengths people will go to fulfill their fantasies in this super sexy, sex-filled story of wanton lust, with a super sexy, sex-filled happy ending. Mm. Mm. This is the Gronk book.
4: Well, I'm sure it'll be uh, a bestseller in New England.
2: Well,
3: do you think um, Gronk's read it? That's
4: an excellent. Well, question. I think
2: that might. Do you think Gronk is all the way to Z at this point? Do we? Do we know how deep into the alphabet he's gotten at this point? <laughs> that's I <need> think he <laughs> might. He's coming up
3: on R. Maybe this is a series that every team has with their tight ends.
2: <laughs> they does like, yeah, fa- we got <laughs> fan fiction with
4: Martellus <laughs> Bennett. Right. There's a, there's a template for it. And then you just, yeah, just plug, plug it oh, in.
3: When I saw Jimmy Graham spike that ball it, and it shot into the stratosphere.
2: <laughs> the stratosphere would just. First it, of all, yeah.
3: a football. The way it's shaped, it goes off to the left to the right anyway. It doesn't really yeah. go
2: high up. No, the stratosphere. Oh, Gronk. Ugh. Look, I like that guy. Make sure his, did you see his deflate gate? He did this deflate gate video where he's like, and he was like, he's like, these, this isn't deflated. And he's like flexing. He's, and it's like, it's funny. And then suddenly you're like, well, this guy seems like he could demolish. Like, like I, I don't want to irk Gronk. Yeah. On the, on the, like, it'd be like hitting the inverse lottery where it's just like, hey, Gronk found out about that dumb radio show and he decided he wants to murder that guy. And yeah. he's coming to look for you now because he and got- Tony, he and Tony Danz are splitting a, <laughs> a, a rental car. Yeah. Gronk just to talk- to find you to uh, Aaron Hernandez. Then <laughs> you're just like, wait a minute. This dude hung out with Aaron Hernandez a lot. I don't think I want, like, what? Gronk just got some tips from Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> He's coming to New Jersey? Oh no. So Josh. Anything anything else?
4: Um well, you know, I was thinking about that uh this this show that Paul and I uh did together last year and he, he probably recalls it was at a, it was a strange venue. It was like a Masonic a giant Masonic temple mm-hmm. in uh in Manhattan. And uh I got roped in because they had a giant pipe organ there, so I was called at the last minute. They said, "Hey, why don't you come down and, and, and play this pipe organ?" Um, and uh, and I was recruited ostensibly to just sort of play like before the show started, as people are arriving. And I was like, "Well, yeah, I can do that. That's kind of that's what I do at the baseball games. You know, that's that's a piece of cake." Um, but because it was a uh, because it was a John Hodgman type event, I thought, "Well, this might be a slightly hey, different." A baseball crowd. And, uh, so I was, you know, tr- I was playing some, some different kinds of songs that I would normally play at a baseball game. And I remember at one point I played a Lou Reed song and I cannot remember which song, but they, uh, they, um, but I got a, like a, a, a vivacious applause from this audience for playing some cover of some Lou Reed deep cut on the, uh. On the uh... on this pipe organ, and that's kind of my my lasting memory from that event. Because so I couldn't really think of any. What other was the
3: Lou Reed song? What what, what song was it?
4: I can't remember now which song it was. Honestly, it would have been probably one from his early solo period, because those are the ones I tend to know best. Mm-hmm. But um, I just remember thinking like, "Oh, this is. I'll try this one. It'll be a little crazy." Um, and then I played it, and for whatever reason. You the know, Hodgman it's,
3: crowd. It lands with the Hodgman yeah, crowd. Yeah, the Hodgman
4: crowd. It that's absolutely what happened. Yep. My nemesis. Hi, this is Mike. I've I've stepped in for Tom briefly. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, you're right. You and Hodgman have a, a conflict. Yeah. Uh, when we did a video, a music video together, Hodgman insulted my luggage. Right. Yes. And it's been a long-standing beef with us. And he gave me a, an orange. Briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> Never again, right? <laughs>
1: Never
2: again. I will, I will end the show if I have to take a break like that. Mike, I'm sorry about that, Paul. No, I'm sorry about that, Josh. That's it. Okay, but I'm still moving on here. Let's wrap it up here. Best Show, you're on the air. Uh-oh. G'day,
4: Tom. G'day, Paul. How are you?
2: Oh, Where are you calling from? I know who this is. You're calling from Tasmania.
4: I'll tell you, but not Tasmania. Sorry.
2: Okay. Your phone's not good tonight. It sounds like we're talking to an astronaut.
4: I'm sorry. It's Dan from Australia.
2: Dan from Australia. What's going on tonight, Dan?
4: I was just uh, excited for Ant-Man and just wanted to tell Paul I was looking forward to it and I'm glad that they decided to make uh, that the next one when they did, because I thought he had, uh, it's a really cool power.
3: Oh, right yeah. on, man. Thanks. It is. I I'm, yeah. I, must say, I. Uh, you know, it sounds like you hear these things and like, Ant-Man, huh? Okay. All uh-huh. right. That, I don't know anything yeah. about Ant-Man. And, yeah. and, and you think when you're like, all right, shrinks? And you talk <laughs> to ants. <laughs> but <laughs> then... Then, when you start to really think about it, and then when you see it
2: in this movie, mm-hmm. it is inc- it it's incredible. It really is like you're invisible. Well, it's like an adventure yeah. story too, which is like it's like it gets to be a few things in one, where it's a superhero thing, mm-hmm. but it's also the, the
3: and it, and it also looks insane, mm-hmm. especially after all of these movies where there's so many things. That are just outer space. It's on such a grand scale. Now mm-hmm. it's just
2: you know shrunk down. To its smallest size, mm-hmm. and they built. There was no CGI. It's a no CGI movie. There's no CGI. <laughs> it's, so it's all they, practical. So they built everything. They had a huge. macro.
3: They had a macro. They had a <laughs> macro, <laughs> macro <laughs> photography unit mm-hmm. uh,
2: that shot really huge practical props. <laughs> so it looks. Yeah. It, it looks microscopic. So it was like uh, it's like Lily Tomlin when she. Mm-hmm. Be in the giant rocking chair. In the giant chair. <laughs> <laughs> just what if that was the movie, and then people were like, boo! <laughs> like wow. you, like all I, I, I expected the technology would have made this better. It's just like, yeah, it's like, uh, and then it's just it ends with you with all of the money that you saved from it. Just like <laughs> we made this for two hundred thousand dollars. We built that giant pencil. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's a pencil chasing Ant-Man or something.
3: No, but Dan, I, I I think you'll uh I I hope you like it. I think it's uh I think it's pretty cool and and uh I'm I'm glad that you're uh excited about it. It's nice to know. It's nice to hear from people that uh are like, you know, jazzed to check
2: it out. Yeah. Is this the first like super no. CGI thing you've done? Yeah, for sure. Like everything else was just you
3: well, it was you know it was the first time I had one of those suits on that had like ping pong balls on it, uh-huh. and <laughs> and I was
2: feeling like yeah. Andy
3: Circus, okay, where yeah. you know I'm I was sur- I would be surrounded by about forty different cameras, and uh-huh. then I had to kind of roll around, and it's like oh there's a watch out for that shoe, and I. Uh-huh. – duck out of the way. I just kind of pretend all that kind of stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was a really interesting, uh, exhausting, by the way, T- like really tiring, uh-huh. uh, exercise <laughs> rolling around so much to dodge <laughs> shoes in a unitard In a unitard. Yeah. Yeah. Is... Actually it's, and it's, they've really upgraded. It isn't just ping pong balls. Now, now uh-huh. it's like these reflective circles. Okay. And you're kind of like an Eric Hayden speed skating suit. Uh-huh. It wraps uh-huh. around your head and everything. Uh-huh. But, uh, it's amazing. I don't. It's you look at the setup and think, "Wow, how did somebody invent
2: this?" I can't wait. Neither can Dan in Australia, right? Yes, good. All right, all right we get it. How many times I beat that drum? Best show. You're mm-hmm. on the air. Hey, this is
0: uh, Carlos from North Texas.
2: Carlos in North Texas. I've never heard of. Him. What's where in North Texas?
0: Uh, Denton, just north of Dallas. Okay.
2: What's going on, Carlos?
0: Yeah. Uh, just listen to your, uh, show.
4: Uh, enjoying it. Okay. Um, well, I just have a question can... for Paul. Go ahead. Uh, I noticed that you're, uh, the writer, uh, one of the writers in the Ant-Man movie. And, uh, I, for me, I thought that was like a first for, uh, you know, a big Hollywood, uh, action movie.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. That... Well, that's a good question. I'm sorry I was on the edge of giving you the business, Carlos. That was, that's a good question, right? Cause you have written things that you wrote, uh, co-wrote, uh, uh, role models. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few things in, but
3: never, yeah. I, and nothing like this. Yeah. Well, I, th- it, it was not anything that I, had originally <laughs> planned to do or was uh-huh. hired to do. Uh, it became a thing of, you know, Edgar had right had written the script mm-hmm. and, with Joe Cornish, who's another like a great writer and a great director. He did this movie, Attack the Block, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Marvel wanted to do something going in a bit of a different direction. Mm-hmm. They wanted to work from that script, but that they had also had another writer. They had some other ideas, and it just became kind of uh, a lot of ideas that needed to be wrangled. And then we, and then I had some new ideas mm-hmm. after Edgar left, and then Adam came in, uh McKay, and then he and I rethought the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then got hired to write it. Mm-hmm. So it was really just kind of uh, it, it, necessity, really, and and so that's how it kind of came about. And I had never written. Uh, action like this. Mm-hmm. However, kind of like what you were saying before, where it's, if you write comedy, you kind of get a sense of how all of these things work and just basic storytelling when you're talking about character and character arcs and, mm-hmm. and dramatic tension and all of that. Uh, it didn't feel like I was trying to write something that was so unfamiliar, mm-hmm. uh, even though, um, I was writing some things that I, I had like never written before.
2: Yeah. I mean, but it's it's still that thing that I guess you had just been living with it for so long mm-hmm. that you.
3: And there are certain sequences, like certain like action sequences where Marvel's going to have a say, and some of their mm-hmm. some of their post production department is going to you know, uh, add things and come up with things mm-hmm. that are almost tough to write. So there was a little bit of a safety net there. Okay.
2: Ant dance? Is there an ant dance in it? There's a, credits, yeah, ant yeah, dance. there's
3: an ant dance. It's all in silhouette. Okay. And it's, uh, a lot of ants come out. Okay. And then, uh, cameo filled. Uh, cameo filled and actually cameo does the sound, okay. does the song. Wow. Yeah. So it's Larry Blackman. Larry Blackman's back. back. He's back. Uh-huh. Does uh, does ant, ant
2: Man start off on, on his fade? Uh, like yeah, Marcus? yeah, yeah. It's
3: just you think, you think, wait a minute, is he still going? His Larry Blackman's, uh, flat top looks, extra high in silhouette is that that can't possibly be, Oh uh-huh. no, it's a bunch of ants. And then the an ants disperse. And you realize he's got his normal size flat top <laughs> and, uh, and then the rest of the ants get down and, uh, uh-huh. and then,
2: yeah. And who, who, it. what are the, what cameos are in it? Uh, Sully Sullenberger This
3: yeah. Sully Sullenberger's in it. Uh-huh. Um, and, Our entourage uh, crew, not the entire entourage okay. crew. Uh-huh. Uh, Uh just uh, Turtle, isn't it? Just Turtle. And uh, Johnny Drama. Okay. And uh, we've got, uh, this was really fun, Wink Martindale. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm like, uh, uh, you know, just kind of like a game show host kind of got your back in there. Sure. Just a, a few of them. And then-
2: uh-huh. um, Is there any thought behind why- uh you get a, a bunch of game show hosts No,
3: it just seemed like a fun kind of different <laughs> uh-huh. idea. We got uh-huh. uh
2: like a summit of game yeah.
3: show hosts. We got uh we got Charlie Morgan in there. He's coming <laughs> in Charlie uh, Morgan. To, he's going to come he, shut it down. He's going to shut it down <laughs> <laughs> because uh we set the entire uh credit sequence in the parking lot of a Dwayne Reed. Uh-huh. And
2: yeah. <laughs> so that's the closing, closing credits, yeah. or that's not in, that's not in the, what if that was just in the middle of the movie, like intermission? Yeah, it's like kind of an intermission.
1: Yeah.
3: Where we decided it's, we're going very avant garde mm-hmm. with this. We've done our closing credits in the middle of the mm-hmm. movie. Uh-huh. So uh huh. So we uh. probably need to get that out there so people
2: don't think it's really over. <laughs> that's, yeah. Just a, it's going to be the, and who doesn't love when there's a thing that you go to see and then, There have to be all these, like, explanations or qualifiers put on it before you see it. Before you see it, it's just want to let you know. Like, there was, like, at certain movie, Like, I saw a movie theater in New Jersey when uh, Tree of Life was playing. Mm -hmm. There was, like, a description put under the thing, basically saying, this is a very arty movie, and it's just got a lot of... So basically saying, aware. like, hey, dummies. Hey, you dummies might not be able to hang with this thing. You guys stupid. Maybe you should go see something that's stupid instead of this thing. Because this is a smart thing. <laughs> we got stupid stuff playing here, too. Go see a stupid thing. But it was, like, this con- most... Like what, disclaimer yeah. for being artistic. Yeah, like, this movie is very artistic, has long scenes, and is very meditative. And it's just, like... Is this where we're at now, or like, what is this thing? I had done when I was
3: doing a play, and this is different, but it reminds me of it. I was doing a play in London. Mm -hmm. uh, It it, it called "The Shape of Things." It was this Neil Labute play. Sure, and we did this play, and we didn't do. A curtain call. Mm-hmm. The play just ended. It was an awful, like, gut punch of an ending. And mm-hmm. then the lights just came up and mm-hmm. people were waiting for us to come out and take a bath. We just didn't do it. Uh-huh. And then they had to get shuffled out. And it left people with a very uneasy feeling. And, uh, and Neil Abute would say, like, why do we have to do a curtain call? Mm-hmm. Where's that law written? Yeah. Uh, and it, in the press, it became a big deal. And so then he started doing this thing where he thought, what if we just Pick out of a hat a yes or a no right before the end of the show, uh-huh. and we do random curtain calls because mm-hmm. he thought it would be funny, uh-huh. which it is. Yeah. If anyone on the street ran into somebody else and said, "Oh, I saw that play," uh, isn't it weird that they didn't do a curtain call? Yeah. And they're like, "What are you talking about? is a curtain <laughs> call?" Really. Funny. And so, so we started doing that, mm-hmm. and then he wrote up uh, like a proclamation, then hung it on <laughs> the in the lobby of the theater, saying, "You know, a lot has been written about the fact that this show doesn't have a curtain call. We are now incorporating random curtain calls." Please, no, this has nothing to do with you. Please mm-hmm. do not adjust the level of your applause. Mm-hmm. Like, like a really kind of pompous, long-winded explanation mm-hmm. that was solely to amuse him. We would watch people reading it from the like <laughs> behind the curtain laughing the entire uh-huh. time. And he would quote it
2: going, don't adjust the level of your applause. But it's
1: so ridiculous. It's
2: <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. That is so great. Now, we're going to... We're gonna wrap it up. Thank, th- look, thank you so much for coming down, Paul. This has been just a total my blast. pleasure. I had a great time. <laughs> now so so Ant Man is July seventeenth. July seventeenth, and what is the rest of the year like for you?
3: Um, well, I don't really know. I'm gonna be. I'm starting. I will be starting the kind of Ant Man promotion mm-hmm. tour, uh, which is exciting. It's nice to do it mm-hmm. and actually be. Uh, really psyched about it because I do want you know so I want, hope people see it and stuff but uh, that, that'll that go until it comes out and then I'm not really sure I might be doing another thing another independent mm-hmm. movie later in the year but I don't it's not really set up yet or anything so I don't know if that'll
2: even happen So okay. I, don't, I don't really know well that's good it's you, you you're gonna be on the Ant-Man promo uh, machine yeah you know, Slurpee cups and right and that's and- right and and
3: uh, yeah, Ant Man, Ant Man, everything, Ant Man yeah. Lego sets,
2: that's awesome. Oh, that is yeah. the coolest. I'm yeah. so
3: psyched about that. Yeah,
2: is there there? It's weird. Is there any fast food thing? Because it's just like kind of like, do we want ants all over? Our food? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, is there like a, 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 a like a tie in? Because <laughs> for like Ratatouille, Ant meals. Because <laughs> yeah, ra- Ratatouille was kind of like. They're like rats. Well, we kind of yeah. can't, uh, I don't know if we want all this rat imagery all <laughs> over this Burger King. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> let's go with the inside out happy meals <laughs> yeah, yeah, instead. I think we're going to sit, we're going <laughs> to yeah. sit at it. Ant burgers. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> no ant burgers. So, and the, the, the thing this weekend in, Kansas City again. It's called uh... Big Slick. Okay.
3: Yeah, it originally started as like a poker tournament, mm-hmm. which is a and big slick is a is a poker term. But mm-hmm. now now it's now it's bowling. So okay, it's it's a big slick lane. Sure. And uh, and it's big. Yeah, big slick kc dot org we'll kind of give you a little bit of its history and it goes to it's, there's this hospital. It doesn't turn any kids away. It's amazing. They do a lot of really great cancer research there. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's an amazing hospital that just happens to be in Kansas city and, and kind of provides care for lots of kids in surrounding States. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And, and it's all privately funded to kind of do what they do. Uh, they, they need to be, they don't have any kind of, they're not part of any sort of insurance network.
2: That's fantastic. It's great. It's really yeah, great. They're, to they're, that. they're amazing. Oh, thanks again for coming by. I thank you. Can't thank you enough. And, uh... the best show is produced in partnership with the forever dog podcast network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat. Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat, Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Burns, segment producer Michael Liz. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash... The best show, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.